Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Welcome to SEN's Trade Deadline with Sam Hargraves, Sam Edmund and Matty Rendell for Tire Power, number one on the trade table. Uh, yes, indeed. A very good evening as we are T-minus an hour and a half from the trade deadline uh, finally being reached. And it's fair to say it hasn't been the most dynamic of days. Uh, we're hoping that there might be a late flurry of action in the last hour and a half, but we've got plenty we can talk about and none better to do that with uh, than the former list uh, boss himself and uh, now list analyst expert, Matt Rendell. Hello to you. G'day, Sam. Yes, uh... Oh, it's been hard work and <laughs> two and a half weeks. Yeah, hard work. Yeah, uh, and and you know to make matters worse, Sam, there is no big names in it. With Adam Shearer probably being the b- biggest name. Yeah, it's been uh, look. No offence to the players, but B and C grade is here, and we still can't get deals done. Yeah, it's 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 had that feel about it with the with the Oscars. Isn't there a day before the Oscars where they present? Uh, a heap of the other awards that don't make it to the night <laughs> themselves. With all due respect to the players that have uh, have been shuffled around, it does have that day before the Oscars <laughs> style vibe to it, doesn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the SEN trade oh. deadline for Thai Power. Great race sale is on now. We'd love you to get involved. So 0433 98 1116. 1300 736 736. No conversation is off the table. And there's still plenty to go through and mm. still plenty of deals that are up in the air. So we might even start there, Matt Rendell, before Sam Edmund joins Ooh. us and lets us know uh, what's happening in terms of breaking news. And uh, there is a little bit happening. And it certainly has been a day where it, things have got a little feisty from place to place, from club to club. And there is a situation unfolding um, at the moment. And, and it's to do with the Bobby Hill trade. It, it seems now, Matt Rendell, that Ooh. Bobby Hill um, is saying that, uh, according to Cal Toomey, um, that he does not want to go back. So Cal spoke to Colin Young, Bobby Hill's manager, um, who has said that uh, we don't have a lot of time, so it's disappointing that where it's at. Um, he has to go back to GWS. He's contracted, but he has said via his manager that he doesn't actually want to go back, even if a deal doesn't get done. Uh, is Colin Young look after uh, Clark as well, Jordan Clark? I'd have to double-check that. I bet he does. Uh, they've both said the same thing on the same day. <laughs> Do you reckon they've been coaxed through it? Coached through it? Does it... Sam Edmund will know exactly. If yeah. Colin, I've got well, the feeling that could be right. I, well, they're both WA kids. Yep. So I think it's a fair chance. Um, that puts some pressure on uh, on those clubs they're leaving or supposedly leaving um, when when, peop- when players say stuff like that. And if they end up coming back, how hard is that <laughs> going to be? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Look, I didn't think he had a massive blue there. He's just desperate to get to Essendon, Bobby yep. Hill. Uh, I'm, I'm confident they'll get a deal done there. Um, that shouldn't be too hard. Giving up uh, their future second Essendon, they want a future 
if they get a future fourth back, that should get that deal done, I would have thought. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's just one of those where there's. It, it seems to also hinge on a little bit as well because the other major story for the day is, is really you can understand why the Giants are dragging their feet because they want cover. Mm. So one of the things that we've heard reported today is that a deal was almost almost agreed to in principle. Riley Beveridge and Cal Toomey have been reporting on this as well for afl.com.au that essentially there was an agreement with the GWS Giants and the Hawthorne Footy Club for Luke Bruce. They did have an interest in Chad Wingard. Uh, mm. Chad, uh, via the meme associated with the Wolf of Wall Street, if you know, you know, I'm not going anywhere. So uh, not interested in a trade, as is his right as a contracted mm. player. So the attention then turned to the two-time All-Australian, three-time Premiership star in Luke Bruce. And um, pick 13 was going to go to Hawthorne, mm. uh, who were going to give Luke Bruce and pick 24 back to the Giants. But it would appear that Luke Bruce has said, I'm not interested in that, which, again, absolutely fair enough because he's a contracted player and he has that right. Well, he's got two years of his contract to run. Yep. We we think all these Hawthorne players, Mitchell O'Meara, Wingard, Bruce, Gunston, are all on uh, around 700k. We've got Mitchell at two years, Bruce at two years. Now, some conjecture whether Wingard's one or two. Um, I thought originally one, someone texted in and said it was two. It says two somewhere and one somewhere. And I, and we thought O'Meara was one and he could possibly be two. No one can take their money this year, you know, take that take over that contract. Uh, and if and if O'Meara and Bruce both have two years, Bruce is probably retiring in two years' time. Mm. So he doesn't need to move. He's played in three flags. He could play in another one with GWS quite easily, but he's gone, why bother? I've, I've mm. done everything. I've, I love Hawthorne. I want to finish here. I love living in Melbourne. So you would hope that that hasn't come out just today to chase Bruce on the last day of trade. That would be uh, negligent in their mm. duty, GWS, if that's the case. And certainly Wingard has been in, the, in the, uh, the talking point for a while and they could not convince him, although Hawthorne were happy to pay the money, I think. Um, GWS were happy to take it and they were going to give over 13. So effectively that put a price on uh, pick 13 is at 700K <laughs> with Hawthorne paying the money uh, and probably get something back. But, yeah, that was to guard against... Um, uh, Hill going out. Mm. But Brent Daniels is going to play before Bobby Hill. So uh, they've got so many good midfielders. They're playing the midfielders in the forward line like yep. Taranto. So Bobby Hill's looking and going, hey, I might not get a game. I've got one year left in my contract. I've been offered a three-year. It's probably three to 350 at uh, to Essendon. So it's a million bucks. I'm coughing up a million bucks for a contract that I might not get at the end of next year after not playing all year. Makes a lot of sense why Bobby wants to go and also makes a sense why, sense why they're trying to get someone in. But personally, I don't think GWS need to replace Bobby Hill. He was only uh, the second stringer behind Daniels. Yep. And showed, obviously, there was that brilliant goal that he kicked in oh, the final against he can play. the Cats. Absolutely can play, but, but hasn't yet got to a position where no. he's cemented himself uh, in a best 22. So yeah. uh, let me just get you, your gauge on, and I'll throw these names at you and you let me know whether you think these deals get done. Uh, before we do that, uh, I'll let you get your ducks in a row, Matty, uh, and we'll talk to Mark in Bacchus Marsh, who regular Ooh. caller uh, to the station. Mark, hello to you. Hang on, Mark. We'll get you to go again. We're just rattling some things around here. Uh, Mark, come on in. Hey, Sammy. How you going, mate? Very well, thank you. Coming Good. in hot. Uh, what have you got for us, Mark? Hey. I look at the dogs' list and our Kelly Hill being the ruck. 
And I think Stefan Martin Skowski, I think they should retire. He has injury plagues at the end of his career at Brisbane and then last year again with the Dogs. And if you drop off Martin, that means we're, we're still a Ruxman short compared to this year. So they should be going for Segler. They really should be. And even if Darcy and that comes through, he's still going to be two or three years from development and putting on some size. And Segler's, you know, he's probably, what, got two or three good years left in him at least. Oh, I think he's perfect just just to fill that fill that gap, you know, until Jamar fills out a bit more, until Darcy comes on a bit more and so on. It's, pro- it's a bit late, Mark, for that mm. move to tell the truth. Looks like he's going to end up at Geelong if Hawthorne pay half his wage. But you're right. If Steph Martin doesn't play most of the games next year, we're in exactly the same spot we are this year when Steph Martin didn't play. They played Lewis Young, who's really a key position player. He, he competed okay, especially the second half in that game against Essendon down in Tassie. Yeah, he did. But... Uh, uh, English has shown that he's not up to week in, week out, especially against the good ones, uh, that he physically can't handle the Grundies and Natanui's and, and Maxi Gorns and the like. So... Uh, Where Steph Martin got, can. Steph Martin can. They've got Jordan Sweet there, but they, they played Lewis Young in front of Jordan Sweet. And he's extended... He's signed a two-year deal, yeah. I believe, Jordan Sweet. So they, They've extended him. So I, I'm a bit confused about that. I mean, they need, certainly need backup. Uh, to Steph Martin and, and maybe they do play Jordan Sweet next year. But he want to improve. But, yeah, we could be in the same spot with uh, Western Bulldogs and Ruck position this time next year. Uh, it's it's a fascinating one, isn't it? I mean, and when you – we've often – and you're an ex-Ruckman at the highest level, all Australian, weren't you? Yes, Sammy. <coughs> yes, Sammy. It sounds like a long time ago when you yeah, got a – it is a long time ago. <laughs> um, the – the idea that for some that Ruck, uh, Ruckman are crucial um, and, and and Max Gorn was so crucial in Geelong's mm. run, uh, sorry, in, in Melbourne's run through mm. finals uh, and in the grand final as well and his leadership. There's been teams that have won it without a, a mm. top five Ruckman. So Richmond, with all due respect to Nankervis, uh, he's not a top five Ruckman in the competition. Hawthorne, not at the time. He might be now. That's a good point. Mm. Hawthorne won premierships without... Having mm. a top five. Hale and... Uh, McAvoy at the end there. McAvoy, but, yep. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Can With everything that the Bulldogs have in the midfield, is it as pressing for them to get a dominant Ruckman, although they, they just need a no, competitive Ruckman, no, which they, they have need, in Steph Martin? It's a very good who point. Who is a top ten Ruckman? It, it is a, that's a very good point. Uh, you don't need a gut. You need a competitor. You need not to get beaten badly by the opposition Ruckman. And um, that was Laddam's fault at, at uh, Port Adelaide in that game. I don't know if you remember when Geelong beat him in Adelaide. Um, Hawkins threw him around like a rag doll in that forward line and they got mm. about four or five goals out and that was a difference in the game. You can't let a full forward do that to your ruckman. No. And that happens too often to English in the ruck. Yeah. Now, he's a good player and there's a position for him somewhere, but you don't want him as your number one. He's a good backup where he can play five to eight minutes, even ten at a pinch, come in and cause some damage. But you just need a competitor like your Steph Martin. If you if you manage to get your hands on a really good one, like a Maxi Gorn, pick 37, Natanui was a pick one, Cruiser was a pick one, Grundy was a pick 18. So uh, you can get your hands on a good one. Uh, you love to just put a line through the opposition ruckman. No, well, they're not going to beat you. 
let's look at elsewhere where we can get beat. But it's a good point. Aaron, 20 minutes to go until the deadline is reached. Uh, and that is the whole theme of the show until the next hour and a half. What we're expecting to get done, SEN trade deadline for Thai Power. Great race sale is on now. one 736 736 is the number. 0433 on the temper text. Uh, temper a mattress like no other. Jason in Canberra. G'day, Jace. G'day, boys. How are you going? Oh, we're well, Good, thanks. thanks. Uh, uh, Matty, I'll, I'll first start by saying yep. I'm a Roy boy from a long time ago. <laughs> okay. So um, it's a privilege for me to speak to you. Uh, Thanks, Michael. My dad would be chilled, actually. <laughs> um, I just wanted to, to have a chat about Bobby Hill. And in particular, if you think that if he does come back um, next year, if his value would drop at all. Well, you're spot on. I just mentioned that if he doesn't play next year and they've got a, a wealth of talent in the midfield that, they're going to have to play in the forward line. We saw Taranto move out of the midfield, play forward this year. So if Bobby Hill can't get in, and their first choice small forward is Brent Daniels. So if they want to play two, okay, Bobby Hill comes in. But if they only want to play one and use midfielders, they got Toby Green there, plays like a small forward and a mm. key forward as, at the same time. Uh, he might not get a game next year, and he's reading the play, Bobby, or his manager's reading the play here beautifully. Out of contract at the end of the year, He's got a three-year in front of him on good money and he might lose all his value at the end of next year and he might not even get a contract anywhere if he's playing uh, VFL or NEFL or whatever they're going to call it next year. So Mm. it's an important point. And the same thing with Jordan Clark. He's in the same boat. He's got a deal four years, we're assuming around 3350. It could be worth a mil and a half, Sam. And here he is without a uh, – he could have not have a contract next year if he's not playing in the ones yep. week in, week out. And this is where it's a juggling act, Matty. This is mm. where, for the clubs, they, they would look at it. And, and, and Stephen Wells is one of the best ever do it. Mm. And you would have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And, Fantastic, he and, is. And, and that comes from a club that are really well run. Mm. We know that they have care and compassion for their players. Mm. But this is the juggling act, isn't it, that you've had to go through many, many a time in that, okay, we've got a situation here where Geelong don't want to lose a player that they took at pick 15, mm. even though that by the end of this year, when he was fit and available, they chose not to play him. Mm. So that means that he's not in their best 22 currently. They mm. may have higher plans for him and he's list depth and we get all that. On the flip side, he has an opportunity to, to possibly set himself up for the rest mm. of his career. Absolutely. The average lifespan of a player is four to five years. He's been guaranteed four to make over a million dollars. Oh, but be a mil and a half, I reckon. And and Geelong at the moment aren't and, and haven't committed that to him. So the balancing act of what's best for us, what's best for you, your welfare, so, our welfare. So what are you saying? That Geelong should go to Jordan Clark's manager and say, we'll give you a two-year extension on this one and we're going to pay you three fifty a year. That ain't going to happen. So, well, that was my next question. Did Geelong now, because we're, they're so keen, Geelong is saying, no, we have to get pick 19. Freo yes. is saying, no, pick 22 is enough. Did Geelong now, is it incumbent on them to go, okay, Jordan, we know you don't want to come back. From what Sam Edmund reports today, there was a uh, spirited conversation yes. between he and Stephen Wells. Do you stay okay, understand where you're at and understand what's been offered to you? We just cannot bring ourselves to let you go unless we get that pick. So what we will do is we will give you an extra year or an extra two. Mm, is well, that likely to happen? No. It's a million to one to happen. And and his manager knows it. Jordan Clark knows it. Stephen Wells knows it. And the coach knows it. 
So they know that's not going to happen. They can't promise that because they don't even know whether he's good enough or not. But what they're haggling over is three picks in the draft. That 19 has been crucial over the last few I'm years. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to go crucial. through We will go through it soon. Well, it's not actually the pick 19. It's the first pick in the second round. Yeah. And, uh, and what that ends up being and what that's been in the past, you're 100% right. There are some very, very well-credentialed players that have been taken with that pick 19 mm. over the years. And we'll, we'll go through that. And Sam Edmonds is going to come in and get sorted with us uh, in just a moment. There's an update um, that he's got in regards to GWS, I believe. So if it gets to the end of next year mm. and Jordan Clark has another injury-riddled year mm. and he's at the outer contract and then Geelong decide, you know what, we, we might let you go. <laughs> Now he gets a hundred. He gets a three-year deal at a hundred grand a year. So he's he's coughed up one point two. Has he been failed, or that's just the game you play? That's just the system. Well, I had a discussion off air Mm. that every player who's got one year their contract should they the whole lot of them be revisited when they've got one year left on their contract because one they've got currency there for a move. Mm. So I I'm not so, so sure enough players uh, are in tune to where they sit with a year left in their contract and don't, you know, they're just happy to cop what the club uh, wants to do with them. Whereas I think if you've got a year left in your contract, it's incumbent on your manager to really put the pressure on the club that you're with. What are you going to do with this player in the future? And either you extend him you promise to extend him over the off-season or we are going to the trade table and you're going to let him go. If you don't want to extend him, if you do not want to extend him, you have to let him go. And I'm wondering if the PA should get involved, the AFL Players Association, about something around that because uh, it's not technically a strain of a restraint of trade, but there's something that smells about it to me, I think. Matt Rendell with us uh, on Trade Deadline on SEN, and we do it all for Tire Power. Great race sale is on now. We will come back, and Sam Edmund has an update for us. We'll continue to take your calls. Brian, we'll get to you as well, and we'll update you on where some of the undecided or unfinished business stands uh, when it comes to this 2021 AFL trade period. Don't go anywhere. Oh, yes, indeed. I don't mind the dramatic intro that we've got tonight for trade deadline on SEN for tyre power. Get a grip on tyre safety and book your free five-minute tyre safety check now. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell, and Sam Edmund uh, slots into position uh, to give us a news update. And there's a little bit happening, Sammy, as we're uh, just over an hour away from the final bell being rung uh, of this 2021 trade period. 70 minutes to go, Sammy, but we've got a deal finally today. Well, we had Jordan Dawson early. That was agreed last night. But finally... They were known as the Stuck Rucks. They are now the Unstuck Rucks. They have been completed. A three-way ruck trade, widely reported, widely speculated, of course, that sees Darcy Fort get his way to Brisbane. Uh, Jonathan Segler find his way to Geelong. And Max Lynch find his way to Hawthorne. We await, I guess, the finer details of this. We'd be Ooh. particularly interested, Maddie, to know what uh, what portion of John Segler's uh, yes. third and final year of his contract they would have to pay Geelong. We know Hawthorne are contributing in the vicinity of $200,000. Will we ever know that? I'd Did like to think we will. revealed? $200,000 is right, but I think oh, okay. the reason it sort of hadn't gone through was, as well as Geelong and Brisbane struggling to 
get to terms on, you know, late pick swaps and points and all that sort of stuff was Geelong really screwing Hawthorne down hard for a player that will be turning 31 on the eve of a new season. And despite what you hear, the Cats... What what gets said does get back, and they're particularly sensitive around the whole narrative narrative that's built around the golden oldies down there. So they weren't going to hand over a lot for Unstead. a ruckman, even though he'd be an upgrade. Oh, 31, 31 on thirty one, uh, Johnny Segler before the start yeah. of next season. Anyway, he brings some consistent yeah. competitiveness. Mm. We know what he brings. Played some very good games at the back end of this well, year when he came did. back from injury, mm. especially that game against Sydney. Tom Hickey was uh, mm. touted as one of the recruits of the year one of the best ruckmen of last season, and he did a number on him. So he get to he get a very good games. player. He had some Ooh. big games. So I think what's filtering out is Brisbane get pick 41 and Darcy Fort. Geelong receives 50. Um, we know they get Segler in and Brisbane's future third rounder as well. So we'll just we'll seek to explain that in a little bit greater detail as um, as the evening goes on. But that one just coming to fruition now. So... Darcy Ford becomes a line. Brisbane get him and pick 41 in exchange for 50 and a Brisbane uh, future third pick. That'll go to the Cats. So it's coming together as we speak. Mm. Unlike Bobby Hill, now I just had a listen to Jason McCartney, um, GWS football manager on uh, Sports Day 3RW moments ago, asked if the Bobby Hill trade had collapsed. Jason McCartney said it's never been live, to be honest. He's a required player. He's got a year to run on his contract. We understand what's been presented in terms of his personal situation. His partner due to give birth in December. They want to come down to Victoria for some family support. Cousins are here and whatnot. And the Indigenous community. But Jason says we've got things around Bobby and his partner for when they return. So he's staying. That deal is definitely not happening at the moment. Bobby Hill will be staying at GWS. Well, he says he's not going back, <laughs> Sam, so that's interesting. He's going to have to. He's well, manager Colin Young. Is yeah. Colin Young manage Hill and... Andrew McDougal, technically, but they're under the one banner that and, is Corporate and, Sports Australia. And Jordan Australia. Clark? Correct. No, Jordan Clark, no, different management. Jason Dover. Dif- that's yep. Jason Dover. Okay. Different management company yeah. with Jordan I Clark. Just, I was interested because they both said they weren't going back. So I yeah. just wondered... Being well coached by their managers. Well, they're going to have to because they're both contracted, uh, yeah. and I'm sure we'll get to Jordan Clark before 7:30 rolls around. But with Bobby Hill, that's just one where he's going to have to go back, unless there's some dramatic about face in the next hour. But it certainly won't be from an Essendon perspective. Ooh. Their future second round, it was all they were going to give Ooh. in isolation. The Giants haven't accepted it. Haven't even come close to accepting it. Listening to Jason McCartney moments it's ago. It's a fair trade, though, isn't it? On the surface, but I think. Chad Wingard saying no, mm. Luke Bruce saying no, really hurts Bobby Hill. They can't let Bobby Hill go and have no one come back in. And Jason McCartney mm. did confirm this as well moments ago. Having Toby Green missing more than a quarter of the season as well in that front 50 hurts them as well. And you mentioned Brett Daniels before. Mm. He's had his injury problems he as well. So, so he does too. get opportunities, Bobby Hill. And he did play yeah. in a final. Played 17 games this year. And that yep. is allowing for him leaving the hub in Queensland when he wanted to get back to, to his partner um, for family reasons yep. as well. So he might have even played just about every game. Uh, Sammy, it's been a big day for you. It seems that uh, every trade period, there's a, a story that uh, for you, it's important to be told. But <laughs> unfortunately, you get a bit of blowback coming the other way. And that's uh, been the case today, has it? With the Geelong and the, the story around Jordan Clark and his yeah. conversation with uh, list boss Stephen Wells. Yeah, you go into these things glass uh, oh, eyes wide open, rather, um, and you check them out and you do your due diligence and you tell them as accurately as you possibly can. And, and the facts are that Jordan Clark and Stephen uh, Wells had a conversation. It got a little bit testy. Now, the club might hide behind the semantics and say it didn't. Um, it's hard to disprove that, but I'm told by people who would know that it definitely got a little bit testy. Jordan Clark made it clear 
Um, he put it on Stephen Wells at the deal. He wanted it to get done. He wasn't coming back to Geelong. He wanted to play to Fremantle. Please get the deal done for me. And then when it was put to him that he's contracted and should the deal not suffice from a Fremantle perspective, you contracted, you'll be staying. Then that's when um, uh, Jordan Clark hung up on Stephen Wells. Now, I've had it confirmed. Might be denied. Uh, it was denied last year with Nathan Buckley at Adam Troll. It was denied with Sam Mitchell calling other clubs recently as well. So, hey, they can deny all they like, but um, I'm confident with it. So. Here's my question. What, why would you bother denying it? Don't we just mm. expect, Matty, you've been in these mm. positions. How many testy conversations have you had around this period? Why, oh. why, do, why do we think there's a problem with that? It's a, it's, uh, people are, invest a lot yeah. in this. It's like any other profession. Um, people are passionate about it. There's a lot on the line for it. Of course, there's going to be animated, strong, spirited, whatever word well, you want to throw in front of it. Mm. Why are we surprised by that and why are we trying to hide from it? Well, it's better the player ring than the manager. Because uh, Wellesley wouldn't have given the manager the time of day. So <laughs> at least he had a conversation with yep. Jordan Clark. He drafted him, uh, clearly liked him, yep. and probably still does. Yep. He doesn't want to lose him. Um, so he would have given him the, the you know, to say his piece. But um, his commitment is to the Geelong Footy Club, Wellesley, to get a, a, a good deal. I mean, the, it's just three picks. It, it seems like it's, a very small amount. Sam, are you expecting this to get done with Jordan Clark or? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I'm just more intrigued over who blinks, as, as Maddie says. Three picks. You invest all this effort to get Jordan Clark to want to come to you. It's a four-year deal. All the groundwork you've done, are you going to watch that go up in smoke? Over three picks. Over three picks, regardless of how important it might be, Maddie. Being the first pick on the second yeah. night. I mean, please, you get a player and to come in. Is it, how much ego is involved here? Because... Uh, uh, well, he said he won between 15 and what was it, 27? Well, it was 8 and 27, which is a yeah. pretty big window, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, to, an opening, so they, swapped, an opening game, they okay. swapped 27 with Collingwood to get mm. 22. Thinking that go, that was enough. 22 don't, gets the job done. And all of a sudden, they do this big deal to get uh, 19 and Will Brody, and they end up with 19. Oh, no, we'll take that now. So um, they the egos will play here. No, you agree. No. We want this. No, you agree. No, no, no. <laughs> so it is, it is, you're spot on. Who blinks first? Yeah. And I think, you know, ultimately in the end, I reckon that because he's contracted, I think Frio will blink first. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. So what have we got? 60 minutes now, Sammy, to see where this one goes. Mm. Tristan Cherry's the other one who has been talked up. Um, it's been interesting, not because of the profile or lack thereof of the player, but simply because St Kilda and North Melbourne are just so opposed. And this one... Neither side can believe where the other side's coming from either. Now, North Melbourne will say, hang on, this guy's contracted. Okay, he might not be a world beater, but we're thinking not just about next year, two, three, four, five years mm. ahead. There's no rucks in the draft. Even if there is, we have to spend four to five years to develop mm. one. Okay, he's in the VFL, but Todd Goldstein's 34. He might only have one year left. So we see him as part of our long-term plans, and he's not for sale. So our asking price of the deal involving a future second rounder from St Kilda, not on its own, but involving, is the price we've got every right to set. And St Kilda say, how can you do that? <laughs> Callum Coleman-Jones is coming in on a four-year deal. You've got um, you've got Combin inside 50. You've got the mid-season uh, pick-up as well. Name Jacob, escapes me. Jacob, Jacob, Ed- Jacob Edwards. Jacob Edwards who's yep. come in as well. It might be more of a, mm. a forward ruck than a ruck forward, but you've mm. got him there. You've got Goldstein there as well. This guy's just going to wallow away in the VFL with one year to go on his contract. How can you not release him? So... St Kilda gobsmacked, they won't get it done. North and what Melbourne's is St Kilda saying, offering him? 
a future third was the best. Now, what offer. are they offering, uh, Tristan? Two year deal. Yeah, okay. Two year deal. So a bit more security. Yep. Um, mm. But oh, and Tom Campbell's the other one who was who was in many ways preferred this year to Tristan mm. Cherry. But yeah, North have made it clear that if Tristan Cherry does stay, Stoves. then Tom Gamble won't be retained on the list. Mm. So th- they're just so vehemently opposed to each other. It's amazing. But that is another trade at the moment on absolute well, life support. So Kilda could go worse mm. and get Tom Campbell in. Tom yeah. Campbell's a good competitor. If they get in trouble, we don't know where Ryder is, do we? I think there's big right. doubts on Ryder for next year. Okay, so you got Marshall and you've you got real, Paul Hunter. Paul Hunter and really no one else. So, uh, you know, Tom Campbell can hold on end up. He's a, he's a good competitive ruckman. He, he does some stuff. So mm. if that falls over, uh, that means Campbell's out. I'd be picking him up if I'm St Kilda and he costs him way less. And coming back to John Segler, I think he's a great pickup for Geelong. Absolutely. Okay, you can debate whether he's not. He is an upgrade. He might only be around for a couple of years, but it mm. buys Geelong a mm. bit of time for one of the big, biggest weaknesses on their list. They have re-signed Stanley. But as you pointed out earlier, Matty, Stanley might roll the sleeves up and play a really good competitive game once every three to four weeks. Yep. Whereas I think Johnny Segler is more than happy to mix it week in, week out. And he does something, Matty, you correct us if I'm wrong, you're the ruck expert here, but he does something that Hawthorne have, have wanted in their rucks for a long time. We spoke about David Hale, Ben McAvoy as well. He's a ruckman that can go forward and he can take a mark yep. and he can kick a goal. And he's, he's, skilled, he's, he's highly he's skilled dangerous. for a guy his size. He's dangerous. Uh, I think they've got a young player on their list. Uh, I'm just having a quick peruse now. Uh, did they pick up a young... Yeah, Shannon Neal they picked up from WA. South Fremantle, 202, uh, but he's two or three years away. He can play. So they need someone to tie him over for a couple of years, and that's perfect why they've gone after mm. Segler. I think this kid, Shannon Neal, when he comes through, he'll, he'll ruck in a couple of years for him. Might even get a chance next year and the year after for the odd game. So, uh, they, yeah, they need someone to tie him over, and Segler's perfect for him. And Stanley can play other positions. I'm sure he can play as a key back or a key forward if they need him to. So the ruck merry-go-round, just to be clear, is going to be three separate trades, not intertwined. Oh, so really? the Darcy Fort one is Brisbane get him in and pick 41, and they give the Cats a future third-round mm-hmm. pick and pick 50. Now, the Jonathan Segler one is a whole exchange of late picks that's still being flushed out through the system, so that one's done separately. And then the Max Lynch deal is separate as well, so we'll break all those down as soon as we can. Beautifully okay. done. Sam Edmonds here. Yeah. Matty, hold that thought. Brian yeah. in Melbourne, Tony and East Bentley, stay right there as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the number to call SEN trade deadline for tyre power. Get a grip on tyre safety and book your free five-minute tyre safety check now. We are under an hour away from the final bell being rung for this 2021 AFL trade period. Back after this. Uh, We've got uh, about 50 minutes to go until this 2021 AFL trade period is done and dusted and the final bell is sounded. What deals will get done? We'll continue to work your way all the way to the wire and then dissect uh, this trade period. Uh, Every trade, every club... And you can have your say, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 SEN trade deadline for tyre power. Great race sale is on now. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell, Sam Edmund as well. Uh, Brian in Malvern's been waiting really patiently. We've been speaking about ruck roulette. Um, we've just heard news and Sam's just informed us that Darcy Ford is going to go to the Lions. Uh, John Segler is heading to the Cats and Max Lynch will land at the Hawks. And there's a whole lot of picks uh, to and fro in relation to those that we're still uh, getting into place and in a position. So, Brian in Malvern, hello to you. G'day, guys. How are you going? Um, just uh, give me a little bit of patience with me. Um, 
you, both you guys hit it on the head about the rucks. Um, uh, Maddie was talking about you need a competitor. You were talking about Hawthorne and Richmond with their rucks. I've always had this um, thought in my mind about rucks are crucial to your list build. Um, and I compare the analogy, I'm not a rugby league expert, but the analogy with Melbourne Storm, uh, when they had Cronk, um, Slater, Smith, but they always got the discarded front rowers. And mm. I compare the... Um, I did. I compare the, the big ruck, competitive ruckman, mm. with the competitive front rower. You don't spend a lot of money on your on those guys because you don't need to, but you build your list around mm. you spending the money on the playmakers. And I think clubs, and there is a club, not not a knock on Grundy, but I I think that was a big part of the of the problem. What happened with Collingwood? They spent too much money on on a, on a ruckman when they could have spent three or four hundred grand on someone and kept their list intact. That and I think Melbourne Storm's a really good analogy. Compare it, it reminds me of Hawthorne over those years when they won flag with with the the, the makeshift sort of ruckman. Yep. I think clubs have actually this year with the merry-go-round. I think they've they've the pennies dropped. The pennies dropped with them, and yeah. Segler is going to be a, a fantastic pick for Geelong. Something that they should have done long ago. Yeah, interesting that. Uh... Uh, this year is the first year, I think, that we've had the best ruckman in the cop by a fair way uh, dominate mm. through the final series and win the grand final. But that's been a rarity. It's been a combination of two players. Uh, maybe we go back as much as far as Otten. Otten's at, uh, at Geelong was the, na- the last yep. ruckman who was in the top three on a regular and basis. King was They're playing the flag. Um, but But since then, it's been... Two competitors who don't get burnt by the opposition ruck if there's a good one rucking for them. And, and that's crucial that um, well, Matty, you don't let them dictate terms, the opposition ruckman, but you don't have to be uh, a superstar yourselves. So the big three, which we all agree, um, and you might say that there's a couple of others coming for mm. them, but we agree that the big three are Nat Nui, Gorn and Grundy. Mm. Well, Two out of the three didn't play finals. No. At all, let alone get to a grand final. Um, no, you're right. And, and, and when you look at Collingwood, I think they were 17th or 18th percent of clearances by the end of the year with a guy that reportedly on about a yeah, mill. And that, again, been... that's not a crack at Brody no. Because I think you're the same as me. I don't, I don't, you never begrudge a player from getting an earn. Because of what we know, it can be yep. short-lived careers. Injury can come at any time and, and cruel it. So for players to be able to make – I never, ever – crack it at a player getting a payday. It's the clubs that make those decisions to do it. So you, your criticism comes to the club, not the player. But it, it is a massive investment. I think you'll find that Grundy will be way better next year. Um, you know, a lot of negativity comes his way at that club and the time I was there. Um, I think, uh, it, look, he, he just goes about his business and that, but uh, they never got the results from his ruck work there. I think they'll be a lot better uh, next year with that. And the fact of the matter is he's on about oh, 900 over, was it seven years? Mm. So one year's already gone. So um, it's, a, it's a lot of money, but Maxi Gorn's probably on the same, uh, not, not the same length of uh, contract. And uh, 19, 19 and 20, they would have been the best two ruckmen in the comp easily. Uh, 18, 19, 20 probably. Yeah, 18, 19, 20, mm. the best – Ruckman, they were t- twice they all Australian, both of them. So uh, they're both on the same money, not the length of term. Uh, Grundy, Gorn's got more out of it at the moment, but I think Grundy's uh, he's still got a big improvement in him. Well, that's interesting to know. Yeah. So 
obviously because there's a big disparity between his dominance when he mm. in the ruck. Mm. You know, he's always top two, top three for hitouts, mm. but they're always that, and they have been bottom, the bottom two for clearances, for clearances yeah. and center clearances. Yep. So that, that's where they need to get that improvement. I'm I'm confident they'll get way better at that next year. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Before we get back to Sam Edmund, Tony in East Bentley. Hello, Tony. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, Matt, you were talking earlier about managers with players who've got one year left on their mm. contract. One thing I don't like about the draft period is I follow St Kilda. We've got Loney, Kent, and Hunter, and they've been told to wait to see what happens in the draft, whether they re-sign them or mm. not. I think the AFL needs to bring forward your final list and say, right, guys, here's another deal, or off you go. So they can prepare for life after footy because they've got another month and it's heading into Christmas. How are they going to prepare, say, to go to the sample, get a job, settle down and start a new career, say, in the sample those three? It's just ridiculous how they let it go on and on. It just drags on. Yeah, it is, it, it is very tough on these players we're talking about here. But the clubs are doing it because they don't have any... Uh, list spots they're going to have. The, you know, if players come in through the draft, they might only have one spot left and they've got three players that are uncontracted and so two are going to go uh, because they have to take a certain amount of players in the draft. They have to take three. Mm. Sorry, not necessarily all in the draft. They can elevate a rookie. So There is also the, the delisted the, free agency period, though, yes. isn't there, after so, the draft? So they can get another chance uh, uh, being delisted, but it oh, it's a stressful time for the players and... Uh, you know, the blokes are out of contract. I'll tell you, the, the managers get pestered by the VFL teams. What do you think you're going to do? And they're, they're all trying to get in first in case yep. he gets delisted and doesn't get picked up. The other thing that's hurt these players this year is, and was it last year as well, is dropping two players off the list because mm. of COVID. They wanted to save some money. So two loss of two spots is 36 players are, are now in limbo over the last two years who would normally be on a list and that hurts too. It is a trying time for them. We hope when we get over this COVID situation, the list go back up to 38. Those blokes might get another chance um, and the salary cap goes up and there'll be more uh, movement of players between clubs too. But at the moment, everyone's cap is really tight. Sam Edmund uh, has rejoined us, uh, furiously working the phones uh, with 45 minutes left to go. In the 2021 AFL trade period. So, so John Segler and a future fourth round pick going to the Cats in exchange for a future round three selection that is tied to Brisbane next year. Work all that out uh, for <laughs> me, Matty. But anyway, that's the deal for Jonathan Segler. So at the moment, the, the two picks, I think, the two trades that we're eagerly anticipating movement on, the two big ones that are going to go down to the absolute death by the looks is Peter Laddams, Port mm. driving a, a really hard bargain there for their for their Ruckman, who has got his uh, heart set on a move to the Sydney Swans. And the other one is Jordan Clark, who we've spoken mm. about at length today, Matthew. So they're the, they're the two that um, are going to keep us busy over the course of the next uh, 45 minutes. Do we minutes. know what uh, Max Lynch went to the Hawks for yet? No, I don't have a line of sight mm. on uh, Max Lynch to Hawthorne at the moment either. So we'll wait until that's tabled officially at uh, in the arc at uh, AFL House. <laughs> So what's uh, the likelihood of the Riley Beveridge saying that Sydney are open to sliding its pick 12 to 16 in order to trade Pete Laddams, but mm. Port Adelaide wanting more, either a pick in the 30s or a future second? Yeah, that's right. So the last offer that we got a line of sight on, and this was probably a couple of hours ago now, was that Port Adelaide had asked the Swans to give them picks 12 and 31. Mm. 
in return for Laddams and pick 16. So that was the deal that was put forth. I think the power where Riley's coming from is the power would have also accepted a future second rounder instead of Sydney's current 31. So regardless, a pick swap and Peter Laddams. All right, I'm going to put you two under a bit of rapid fire in just a moment. Uh, as we come up to the top of the hour, uh, which will give us half an hour to go until the bell sounds, uh, it'll be just a yes or no. Do these deals get done? Uh, we'll find out from Sam Edmund. Matt Rendell's here. This is uh, this is trade deadline on SEN. I thought I had to do a credit there, and I don't. So it's trade deadline. We'll be back after this. Sam Hargraves, Sam Edmund, Matt Rendell with you. Some rapid fire as we get to the top of the hour and then get into this last half an hour before uh, all bets are off uh, in this trade period. So I'm just going to throw some names at you both, uh, and you tell me whether these deals get done. Bobby Hill. Nope. No. Pete Laddams. Well, yes, yes. yes, and I hope so for his sake because he was tapped on the shoulder to say look mm. around mm. and then to be kept there because his own club that wanted him out drive a hard bargain, I'd find that hard to reconcile mm. with. Jordan Clark. Sa- ditto. Yes, for me. Yeah, and same same, same issue, different scenario, mm. but I'm barracking for the play here because um, he wants to play consistently and regularly and he wants to go to a new club. Mm. And, no. it's, and it's a life-changing contract. Life-changing, absolutely. Hawthorne. <laughs> no, no. That, that's an all-encompassing for all. The... <laughs> well, we're better off asking the players. In Hawthorne's mind, they would love to say yes, mm. but the players specifically, Chad Wingard and Luke Bruce, the two, the only two that add some real substance, some real mm. fire to the smoke, in the sense that GWS came for both. They both said no, and they're staying two years to go on each and, of their contract. And Gunston with a year to go. I mean, he's out in limbo this time next year. You, you hope he gets back and plays good footy off his back injury. Yeah, twin back surgeries. I mean, that's one that... Yeah. Oh, he, he might be done. Mm. But it'd be, be 30, rising 31, I reckon, at this time next if, year. If Richmond had to come for a midfielder, would that would they have been the most likely? Because it, you can sell that to a Mitchell or an O'Meara or Wingard more than you can sell an interstate move. Yeah. But if Richmond had to come, given that we still think they're a contender, would you have thought that a deal would have d- been more likely? Depends how much money, though, that yeah. Hawthorne were going to pop. We're going to pay. Richmond had the means to do it. Certainly not like the money. They had the, they had, what's that? Yeah, Certainly they, not the money. They had the uh, they had the uh, the picks to be able to do it, Richmond. Um, but it, the money would have been a major issue. How much Hawthorne are prepared to pay the contract? I think Amira would have made a lot of sense at Richmond, but we need yeah. to point out, and they had the picks to make it happen, as as Matty says. But we need to point out there was never anything of any nature that took place there. Richmond never mm. approached and asked. And um, look, Hawthorne might have included them in their Sam Mitchell ring around, but they weren't interested. And Port Adelaide, uh, how real was that about O'Meara? How real was the interest? No, it wasn't. No, no. it wasn't real. What was the no. Do you know what happened there? Oh, this is well, a Matty, great I'm, story. I'm trying to keep up with all no, of it. No, I listen this is to a you great for three story. hours every day. Because I'm on trade radio with Soss and Damo, and this bloke rings up. I think his name was was it Luke or Adam? And he said, I'm in Frau. He goes, I'll tell you what, watch this space. O'Meara's going to Port Adelaide. And uh, Damo goes, if that's true, you're going to be the caller of the trade period. Anyway, we were just – I said, well, it actually makes a lot of sense. It's a good fit. They need another midfielder. They've got the means to do it. Pick 16. It could easily get done. So we we chucked that around. We next thing we know, Johnny Ralph's written a two-page story on the weekend. And I get a text on Monday from a bloke at Port. We've never, ever spoken to not even interested uh, in a mirror. So uh, it was a story that was never was off a bloke in Frio. Clark deal done. Jordan Clark deal done. Oh, we're we hearing. just said that. 
We will get the details of that oh. and give them to you on the other side of this. Sam Edmund nailing it uh, on the trade deadline for SEN. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell, Sam Edmund. When we come back, there'll be half an hour to go. What may unfold? Is there some action to take us through the last half an hour? We will find out on the other side of this. SEN. Uh, half an hour to go in the 2021 AFL trade period. 7.30 is the deadline. We will hear the bell sound. Uh, so what can be done, what will be done in this final half an hour, we will wait and see. When we finish up, we will go through each and every club, uh, what they did, what they didn't do. Matt Rendell will give them a grading. And we'll go through the 10 trades in order that uh, in most likely to move the needle at the particular club that got the deal done that they were after and landed the player that they were keen to land. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell, Sam Edmund with you. Sammy, just before uh, we uh, hit yeah. the top of the hour, <laughs> we one of the uh, a trade that has been discussed since before the opening day of the trade period has finally been done. I'm almost relieved for Jordan Clark because he mm. gets his path cleared to Fremantle and the Dockers get their man on that four-year deal that Matty's spoken about earlier. So Jordan Clark, in the end, traded to Fremantle for pick 22 that Geelong ended up accepting, not 19, but a future third attached to that as well from the Dockers while the Dockers get back a future fourth. So Steve Hocking said the Dockers needed to cough up Quote, unquote, the new CEO down at the Cats. Well, in the end, they coughed up 22 and a future third, and they get back a future fourth. I think if you're Fremantle, you're absolutely delighted mm. with this. Not only do you get your man, but you keep pick six, you keep pick eight, you keep pick 19, mm. three fantastic picks mm. right at the point end of the draft, and you get something of a replacement anyway for Adam Chera leaving for Carlton. And the other thing about their picks too, you know, they're great picks. There's a lot of WA blokes around mm. that wheelhouse, six and eight and 19. So they could go – I'm tipping they'll go local with all three. So that's a great result. And and it ends a period of of increasingly frustrating negotiations for both clubs and from the player that we've spoken a a bit of as well. But it would be a great relief to him. He'd wanted this for a long time. He tie-kicked this time last year. He really tried to force it through Mm. this year. Despite having a year to go on the contract, uh, the Cats did sanction it in the end. Kudos to Geelong. Because, as you say, he, he tried last year, he's tried again this year. They were pretty keen, obviously, to keep him. And if they weren't going to get him, they wanted something good for him. But at the end of the day, I think there's been some compassion showed here, Matty, that they've yeah. said, okay, you, you've, this is the second year you've said you don't want to be here anymore. We'd love to keep you. But we also know that a four-year deal is just something that we cannot offer you and will not offer you. And that's a life changer for you. Um, so off, oh. you, off you go and good luck with oh, everything. I'm, I think they deserve yeah. a, a pat on the back because some they things do. are bigger than just... What's best for us? No, you, you're absolutely spot on. And look, I've always found Wellesley to be really fair to deal with. Mm. I know they had that Kelly one that was a bit different, and I'm not sure of the circumstances why they didn't let that happen. But it happened the next year. They thought there was still a big chance to win a flag, and they were with Kelly playing. So um, he's always been very fair to deal with, and um, I'm, I'm glad they got that done. So what do you think of this deal specifically, Matty? So it's 22 and a future yep. third. So future third tied to Fremantle, of course. So Freo, what and would Fremantle will get back a future fourth yeah, from Geelong. The future fourths aren't worth yeah. much, are they? I mean, Geelong, I mean, we're talking uh, next year, they're probably, they're going to be top six for sure and certain. So mm. future fourth is 54. Nothing. We're yep. talking 60 plus here. We're talking points. Uh, mm. We're yep. talking points, 60 plus that pick is. The future third, uh, mm. Freo, say they finish mid range. Uh, 10, 26, it's going to be around late 40s, 50 as well. So uh, maybe a bit earlier. So I, I don't, 
I still can't get my head around why they keep swapping these late picks. They just don't make sense to me. They're worth nothing. I don't really? know. Do clubs always have to win a deal? Is it about oh, winning the deal or is it sweeteners or is it points? Is it, it academy players? Well, the is it... only thing I can think of, if you've got, and we don't, I don't know this at the moment, but if you've got some NGA players, yep. Freo might have. Yeah. Um, uh, Geelong, Father Sons, um, N- NGA and obviously Interstate Clubs Academy, the Northern Clubs. Academy players, except for Gold Coast Suns, they go to the back of the draft anyway. They don't need points. Uh, so, uh, it's a, you know, sometimes there's some players there you think might come through there. I need some points uh, that we don't know about just yet and we find out in a year's time. So, pick 19 um, is an interesting one. Sammy, uh, I see the phone ringing. This is, uh, this is what we like. Uh, Sam Edmund running in and out as the clock ticks mm. down on this trade period. But when it comes to pick 19, Matty, you and I were speaking about it a little earlier. Daniel and Elwood, uh, I'll get to you in just a moment. So, stay there. Uh, this is what Daniel wants to talk about as well. So pick 19 at the start of the second round. Mm. We'll go, what, you know, why, what's so important about that? What's so big about that? Let me ask you, my, my impression of it is, before I rattle off some of the names that have been taken at pick 19, my hunch would be that there's mistakes made at every draft, isn't there? There's players that slide. There's All the players time. that do not, All the time. you know, whether it be Dev Robertson a couple mm. of years ago that Brisbane got and we expect him to be a, a very, very good player. I'm tipping that it's because you know that someone's going to slip up and miss someone in the first round. So if you've got first bite on day two. If if uh, we had picked 19, we would have taken Shea Bolton <laughs> back then at the time. There but, you go. And he went 29. Uh, we were filthy because we were the next pick, Collingwood. But uh, we would have we would have done anything to get that pick 19 off whoever had it at the time yep. to get with Shea Bolton still sitting there. We would have moved heaven and earth. So... That's why Freo wanted to keep it. It's extremely valuable. There'll be a player there. So we saw the f- – I think the first time we really saw it was when Gold Coast Suns had a mid-range first-round compensation pick, future pick, uh, and that was given to them, and it was always going to stay number, I think, 11. It, was, it, it wasn't moving off 11. Okay, it was always going to stay there. And they got to the beginning of the second round and it must have been a lot of NGA father-sons that year because I think the first pick was 27 off the top of my head. And they went and swapped that at pick 11 future for pick 27 and took Sharp. Um, just trying to think of his first name who, who played this year. Uh, the blonde-haired kid played on the wing oh, from yeah, WR. Uh, what is his first name? I, I, it's just escaping me. Yeah, I'm going to look it up in just a moment. Yeah. But So they Jeremy Sharp? That's it. Jeremy Sharp. So they, they went and took him, and he's turned out to be a beauty, I think. Yeah, he's, he, he's uh, so, very, very so they, so they dropped 16 picks on that, knowing they had to pick 11. So this is why the 19's valuable. So clubs will come. There'll be more than one club. There'll be two or three clubs that will come to them bef- on draft night or even before. Uh, no, it'll be on draft night, sorry, because there'll be a player there that they really love. They've rated 10 in the draft. And there he is still sitting there and a club will want that player because they've rated him 10. Let me tell you who has fallen to that position over the journey. And, and it's interesting reading when you have a look at, uh, at back over this, uh, over time of the draft. So in 94, uh, Ben Holland played 191 mm. games. Barry Hall went mm. to pick, pick 19. Um, Nick Davis, Brad Green, Jason Cloak, Jason Graham. Dave Mundy was a pick 19. Sean Grigg, Callan Ward. 
Isaac Smith. Jesus, a good pick. It is very good pick. Devin Robinson, Ryan, Ryan Burton, Tim English, Will Powell, Liam Stocker, um, who we think is going to be a player. Uh, Finn McRae last year, who showed really good signs. Yeah. Uh, so that's this is that's the value that, that, that the pick has. Uh, Daniel, so, just before we get yeah. back to you, Matty, Daniel in Elwood waiting patiently wants to add to the conversation about pick 19. G'day, Daniel. G'day, Sam, and, and nice to chat to you too, Matt, given your expertise here. Perfect Thanks, time for me to put this call up. Um, so one of the things that I always try and look at when assessing value is obviously BBI points. And I think that's the only kind of realistic metric that you can really, you've got to, you've got to examine it. And I guess my question to you guys is, because of the format of the draft being over a couple of nights, is it a, is, like, do the ASL need to revalue pick 19? Because I'm guessing its worth in terms of DVI point or value is higher than pick 18 now. And it's probably, yeah, you know, a much more valuable pick potentially than pick 17 even if everyone's clamouring after the deed's done well. on the first night to trade up into it. So... I don't know. I just look at this as being a bit of an anomaly at the moment. Given the it's, way a, it's a very good. It's a very good point, but what you're saying, it shouldn't be more valuable. So, if everyone knows what they're doing with the draft, it shouldn't be more valuable. But because clubs have got a, a, a night to rethink what they're going to do and how they're going to attack the second day, then they they get excited about someone they've rated higher who's still there, who normally, if the draft before they've separated into two days, nothing would have happened before you could trade picks. Mm. It would just roll through. Yep. So it wasn't valuable at all, even though there were some superstar players picked at 19. Uh, it wasn't valuable at all. But now clubs sit there and go, we've got a whole uh, virtual night yep. or 12 hours longer yep. to, or maybe we can do something here. We didn't know this player. You don't know what players are going to be yep. available. And um, it's like a, it's like a test match yeah. in cricket. You finish up day one and go, oh. all right, this is how it's panned out. So what are we doing tomorrow? And so, so what they can't do is plan beforehand and say, oh, this player is going to be available at nineteen. Mm. We don't, you don't know that. So when they sit down overnight, uh, having a having a dinner and maybe even a beer or something like that, they go, well, we got that player and we love this player. What can we give for this pick nineteen? That's why it's so valuable. Mm. And if you've got two or three clubs or four clubs. It's even more valuable because the price keeps going up. You'll get a heap of future picks it, out of it. It's like being uh, first in the public line for grand final tickets. When the corporates and all the members have got theirs and finally they open up to the, the GA mm. and you're uh, at the front of the queue when but, everybody's uh, had their, their pick of it. Well, but what he's saying is it's worth 948 points. He thinks yep. it should be worth 1,500 points. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what he's trying to say. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much. Now, this is interesting, Matty. Before we get back to Sam, who's just rejoined us, uh, Dom off the text, 0433981116, believing that Geelong were desperate to get pick 19 instead of 22 so they could secure Tom Brown, son of Paul, uh, as a father-son. Uh, Dom believes that there are other clubs that would be looking to take him at around that pick. Oh, look, this is just too hard because you just don't know what's going to spill out. Oh, look, everyone keeps telling me he's around that pick, but he, he could go higher. So, um, look, it'd be great. Story if he gets here, his dad played how many? Was, he fell a few short, quite a few short, I think. Paul Brown, didn't he? Um, it'd be great if he could end up there, but it's just too hard to work out. Certainly, if they'd picked 19, there's obviously more chance of getting him if they wanted him. And they might have something else, they might have they can't, so they can't take him as a father's son because no, Paul no, didn't he, play the he didn't games. play 100 games. No, well, I can't remember how many he played, it might have been 80 something.
Uh, off the text, uh, would like to point out, as Matt just did, that those guys you just read out were picked at 19 when the draft was all done in one mm. night. Absolutely. Um, it's just interesting to see the history of the pick, which we like to yeah, do. Yeah, so, so Sharp was first pick, second round, I'm pretty sure. And and uh, Robinson was the first pick, Devin yep. Robinson. And Brisbane had that pick. And I think clubs probably came to them to try and get that pick and they wanted Devin Robinson bad. Well, they moved up to get him. So Brisbane moved oh, up to get him. Oh, before. Overnight. Overnight. That, oh, well, there you go. I'm so sure I, that's I, how I it didn't realise that. I'm fairly sure. I, I know they, they moved have... up to get him, and I'm, I'll just have to double check whether that was overnight. I'm, I'm fairly sure it was. Because he was uh, spare cake at the wedding, uh, at the draft. Uh, not when they had all the players there. He's the only one who didn't get picked, I think, on the first night. Well, he was. He was he's a great story that he that he he was one of the people they flew over from WA yes. to say be there at the first night of the draft. Yeah, you're going in the first round. You're going first round, and he sat there and watched every name get mm. called out, um, and then was the first name called out uh, on the second day. I must look that up. Uh, did Brisbane what they traded to get up to that? I'm fairly pick. sure we've got a very yep. astute. Uh, we've got a lot of astute people that listen to this yeah. and, and certainly Brisbane fans will know. Big fella, I'm fairly sure, will be able to tell me. 0433 98 Uh So we've got uh, just over 15 minutes to go in this trade period. We're hoping to see some late deals land. Jared Brander is a name that is coming up. Uh, was a top 10 pick for West Coast. Now seems surplus. Is keen to get another opportunity elsewhere. We'll talk about him in just a moment as well. We'll come back and uh, take you all the way through to 7.30. Sam Edmund is just rejoining us. Hopefully he's got some news uh, ready to fire. Matt Rindell, Sam Hargraves as well. This is uh, the trade deadline on SEN for Ty Power, number one on the trade table. Uh, we've got 12 and a half minutes to go in this 2021 AFL trade period. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell and Sam Edmund back in. And we've got a couple of deals done, I believe. Sammy. Peter Adams is done. He's a Sydney swan. We can say that, uh, Sam and Matt. So in the end, Port Adelaide get pick 12 and a future third from the swans. And the swans get, obviously, the forward ruck Peter Adams in the door and they get Port 16 as well. So, mm. essentially, Sydney part with um, 12 and a future third, and they get Laddams and pick 16. Oh, that tells you something, doesn't it? That they were pretty keen to get him out. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad deal for Sydney, is it? I think they've come out of it okay. But they've they, got they've to absorb got a it. first round. The contract's back-ended, but it's not ridiculously back-ended. Uh, he, he's Somewhere on around 400. 400K, yeah, yeah. is my belief. And yeah. over the I lifetime of the deal. I thought it was on six originally, but no, it's only so, four. So, Peter Laddams was picked nine in the 2017 rookie draft. Yes. Originally and now has been traded for pick 12? Uh, well, they moved back four spots in the and got a future third, which is Sydney's future third. You've got to think they're in the top eight as well. So it probably comes in at 36, comes in at 45-ish. And Port pretty crafty. I mean, they did tell Peter Adams somewhat, mm. let's say, not brutally, but let's say relatively coldly in his exit meeting mm. that we would like you to look around for a new club. You've put you pushed your money back down the road. You do your maximum wedge next mm. year. Um, we'd like you to explore a trade elsewhere. And then the message got lost in the mix, and that is the art of uh, controlling the narrative as a club, I suppose. And the, mm. they painted the picture around a, a guy who was desperate to play first ruck where he goes. Mm. He won't even be doing that at Sydney. Tom Hickey will be doing it at yeah, Sydney. Exactly. He might spend a bit more time in the ruck, but he's not going there to be the big banana. He's going there to play forward, to help out Lance Franklin and Logan McDonald. So really, I mean, that's what clubs do, I suppose. In the end... They get their way. He's off the books. Um, Sydney as well, a big part of it is they would obviously absorb the full the full um, yep. whack of the contract, which isn't insurmountable for a club that offered well, Jordan lo- Dawson. Well, they've lost Dawson Hewitt. Yep. They budgeted for Dawson for how much? 600? Yep. 
and and George Hill would have been on a. And George Hill was on a fair bit, fair bit. George Hill, so, I think. So they had a million spare in their cap. Yep. Sydney. Now I know they had to re-sign a lot of players, and they but, were tight. That, but, then, yeah. Yeah, but that, the four hundred would be nothing to them to what they've been like in the last two years. And I think he's a great pickup. I mean, he's mm. he's a player mm. that that club Sydney have had a, a twelve-month interest in more. They mm. wanted him involved in the Alira Lear deal. They couldn't do it then. They've got their man twelve months later. What does it mean for Sam Reed now, Matt Rendell? Uh, he's in a bit of trouble. Yeah. I would have thought. He just doesn't get out on the ground enough. I mean, if he stays, and they probably need him to stay, mm. uh, depends where they see Armady, Joel Armady and uh, Hayden McLean in the wash-up. Joel Armady was the one who improved there, but McLean showed plenty as well. Can you Liam Jones him? Can you can you make it when he comes back? Because he's athletic. Yeah, we know he well, takes the mark. I think he's mark. played back before. Can, can he go back to can – he, can, he, can he head to the back six? Because he, when you he, look at the fact that yeah. Buddy, Logan McDonald – Obviously, they took as their uh, first McDonald's draft pick last as well year. To come in there. Uh, they've got that's another key four that they brought in now in Laddams, and he uh, is very injury prone. Sam Reed and Laddams will play as a dual yep. forward, so you can't see Reed being you can't in move their that best much team. draft capital. You can't see Reed being. They're going to have Haywood and Heaney up there, so you can't and Papley. You can't see Reed being in there. Is he contracted still for next year, or they have to redo him? Uh, I think he's got another Sam year, Reed? doesn't he, Sam Reed? Uh, no, I think Sam Reed's out of contract. So was, was if he gets done on a, he, he'll be going on the minimum, Sam, and, it'll, and he'll have incentive. So if he plays, they'll look after him. Yeah, uh, he's definitely out of contract. He was the one waiting on a new deal that we don't think now he's going to get. But you never say never with shuffling well, of lists on a rookie list. Well, and, I, th- and, I think maybe if you look at the, they're relying heavily on McCartan and Rampy to stand up. Mm. Week in, week out, which mm. they did this year. Last year, they didn't. McCartan went from forward to back because Rampy was out. They had no one. Lewis Malikin's still there as a backup. But they might need Sam Reid there as a, you know, can play on the really big tall blokes and take some pressure off the, uh, Rampy. And who they keep playing, they play undersized on a lot of these key forwards and they do a super job. So they may need to keep him, but he'll be there on the minimum. And it sounds like they might have some money for, you know, to put him on the minimum. Now, was there another deal that had got done or is there still a couple that are twisting in the wind? I know you were working a couple of different uh, potentials there, Sam, when you're on your phone, stepped out. Uh, Well, the Tristan Cherry deal, Sherry deal, this is where it sits at the moment. Uh, A future second round pick, sorry, a future second round pick North Melbourne are after and a swap of future third round picks for Tristan Sherry that secured a... I can't see going forward, but that's where that deal sits at the moment. We mentioned, uh, and we have done consistently, that North Melbourne want a future second-round pick as part of any deal for a player that they maintain is not for sale, uh, despite St Kilda coming knocking and the player actually actually wanting to go to the Saints and and pretty keen to get there. The latest version of this deal would be exactly that, future second and a swap of future thirds. Um, Pick 72 in the 2017 draft. He's in Herdy areas there, and they're sort of negotiating like he is James Hurd, Sam. <laughs> quite, a, quite, a, quite amazing, isn't it? Quite amazing. But anyway, that's where it sits. Obviously, Secure have got a need to add some ruck depth there, but uh, he's never been for sale from a North Melbourne perspective, and um, they're playing the long game. But, geez, it has frustrated a few parties, that one, the North mm. stubborn refusal to, to do a deal. He is a young fella. I mean, we've spoken about, you know, if Tom Campbell falls out, Paul Hunter, well, he's still there, uh, but he, he'll keep his spot. <laughs> Paul Hunter will be sitting there going, please don't do this deal because <laughs> yep. he's going to keep his spot, Paul Hunter, isn't he? We've only got uh, about six or seven minutes left. So John Segler was one of the, the three ruck deals in the ruck roulette, four now with 
the Pete Laddams deal being done. So just a little earlier on this evening, Geelong get a, a third-round pick, currently 50 in a future third-round selection. Brisbane got Darcy Fort in a third round, currently number 41. Hawthorne received a future third-round selection tied to Brisbane. Geelong received John Segler and a future fourth-round selection. Uh, Hawthorne uh, have done a deal with Collingwood for uh, Max Lynch. Uh, and this was Liam Pickering uh, speaking to Trade Radio about the, uh, about the John Segler deal. Yeah, it was good. Uh, good to get it done in the finish. Um, so it took a little, bit, a little bit longer than we thought, but it actually got there in the finish. And got the extra year added to the already contracted 2022 part of it. Um, not sure what you'll be able to say uh, with this question, given there might be some confidentiality, confidentiality attached to it from your end. But what portion of the uh, the deal for the Cats to take on Segler what will the Hawks be paying? Oh, I can't get into that, Damo. Unfortunately, it's uh, something that you need to ask for them, but we were happy with how it ended up in the finish, which was the main thing. Um, not sure where Pickers was located when they did that chat. In the Batcave, on the Batcave. Oh, wow, he goes he right the th- into a bunker, doesn't he? I reckon he? he was on the throne. Multitasking, <laughs> 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 was he? <laughs> I reckon he's in the Batcave, that's where he does stressful. it. It is stressful stuff. Uh, the other one, too, when we're talking ruck roulette, um, and we'll just play this quickly, uh, is Mason Cox. So his name has mm. been getting brought up a lot. Uh, Pickers was asked about uh, Mason Cox. Uh, nothing will happen with Mason during the trade period. Um, now that the Max Lynch has got to, to Hawthorne, I'm pretty confident that he'll be able to deal there at Collingwood. I've been speaking to Roddy about that and Derek Hines, so um, there's an appetite for them to keep him. Um, we did have a discussion with Fremantle over the weekend, which was linked to Rory Lobb. Um, and that situation went along. So, but then when that fell through, I mean, I guess the opportunity there was gone. But um, I'm pretty comfortable um, that, you know, that we'll get an opportunity for, for Mason to play another year at Collingwood. So, Liam Pickering, the manager of both uh, John Segler and Mason Cox, it sounds like he was doing a current affair interview where his identity mm. was being uh, withheld and forgot to turn the voice thing off. It was a hard <laughs> listen, wasn't it? That's not a bad visual. Um, yeah, so Mason Cox, well, they, yeah, they were just waiting to see what was happening there. There was obviously, I can understand the interest if Lobb had gone out because obviously mm. Justin Lombier had coached Coxie at, um, at Collingwood, so he, he would have shown some interest in getting him there, but only if Lobb goes out. That didn't happen. So, so we got four minutes left. And mm. uh, when I asked you earlier, before the top of the hour, uh, yes or no, whether these deal gets these deal these deals get done, you said no to Bobby Hill, but you said yes, Peter Adams will get done. You said yes, Jordan Clark will mm. get done, uh, and those have all been done. So too John Segler, as we know, Darcy Fort now at the Brisbane Lions, Max Lynch to the Hawks. Yep. Um, so, are we expecting anything in the last few minutes? You'd love a sherry, cherry on the Sunday. Not going to happen for Tristan. <laughs> I'm told, oh, boys. Uh, categorically Just confirmed. Just an aperitif to finish off. The, yes. Uh, <laughs> the unfortunately the for we, the contracted well, Tristan, he's not. He's not moving close. It's, it's still four minutes too early nah. for Dodoro to get oh, a deal <laughs> done. It's, it's normally the last. Is this two where minutes? he swoops for yeah, O'Meara and we yeah, all get blindsided? No, no. <laughs> he's still. We, he, he's at last two minute man. Uh, the door, so I wouldn't be counting out the Bobby Hill deal. Okay, yet. <laughs> okay, no, but no, uh, Sherry for his part, absolutely dead in the end. As I told you before, the, the final version of this deal was a future second and a swap of future thirds. North really wanted that future second involved. The Saints were never ever going to do that, but uh, North knew that probably and didn't give uh, a rat. 
SEN Trade Deadline for Ty Power, number one on the trade table. Uh, so just a few coming through off the text. Uh, Gary, who does get uh, rather animated, especially when it comes to his Sydney Swans. Mm. Normally his FFS is a reserve for me, Matty, but this one's <laughs> to you. To me. Melican can play with the obligatory yes, uh, FFS beforehand. No, I, I said Melican's a really good backup, but uh, that's why I'm saying they might need Sam Reid as well. Uh, that gives him another backup in defence. Now mm. I got now Melikans does a good job. He's not going to get twenty possessions and burst through the middle and and spot yep. up Buddy, but he can he can stop a key forward. And uh, I was waiting for my clip from Gary because normally whenever he does text through and I'm on, I get one. And top of the hour, Sam, we're not Fox News in the states. <laughs> Oh, just a little clip for you. Always. Never never without a clip for me is, is Gary, but always a pleasure to hear from you, Gary, and your mm. feedback is uh, just as, as delightful to receive as ever. one three hundred seven three. Good to have that cleared up, though. Yeah, for those who were confused, yep. even though I've been saying SEN every four minutes, we are not Fox mm. News. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with another way of phrasing that, Gary, so it doesn't offend your sensitive ears, my friend. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. So a minute and a half to go. And what tell us, Matty, in these situations, this we're probably not expecting much at this trade period because there hasn't been a whole lot that's happened throughout it. How frantic are these final oh, last couple of minutes? Oh, very frantic. So uh, when they all used to get together at, at Marvel Stadium and we'd all have our little rooms. They'd be doing the deals a bit out in the big, uh, call it a courtyard outside Ken Wood's office where all the paperwork had to go in. So people would be frantically signing stuff and powers of attorney and there's paperwork going everywhere. And then they'd line up at the door. So as long as you're in the line before before the deadline, you can put your paperwork through. So sometimes it would be half an hour later. (laughs) People go, no, that's past the deadline. But if you're in the, in the line, queue. if you're in the queue, you get you can get your if you've paperwork. Got a number at the deli, if you're not if in the queue, got, you're out here. You got your number at the deli. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay so, open for you. So it, it's quite funny watching some of that at the end, and they're rushing over to get in the line before the deadline. I reckon they've let one or two through really late as well. Let me ask you this, Matty, and there's a great story that Ben Dixon tells about this very scenario. What's the biggest and highest profile trade? that didn't get done because time expired, that would have been a real needle mover, a real landscape changer. Have some time to think about it in your experience. The the paper and the fax machine got jammed or something like that. Yeah, there was a fax machine. Someone asked me that. There was back in the day. day. There was a fax. Peter Everett. Might have been Spider, the fax machine. Someone said it was the Spider Everett one, which he would have gone from where? St Kilda to Hawthorne. Yep. No, that went through. No, that went through. He got there. Was was he going somewhere else before that? A year before, maybe. Not year sure. before, I know, I know one thing. Grant Thomas wanted him out. <laughs> he, just, he was pretty keen to get him out. The, by hook or by crook. Ben Dixon tells a great story about uh, having being uh, on on holidays with the, at a reception in I think Bali or somewhere on a deal that would have seen him get to the Brisbane Lions just ahead of their three peat premiership run. Really. And maybe someone who took a, a job with a footy club this year as their senior coach might have ended up being in the brown and gold. No, now, Craig McRae. Oh, possibly. Oh, okay. Swap for uh, Dixon. Craig uh, McRae, Dixon swap. I'll have to get that right from, from Dicko. But apparently oh. that was uh, in the win. But he oh, okay. wasn't in reception. So they couldn't get hold of couldn't him. Couldn't get had, a hold of him. Had Craig McRae agreed, agreed to go Not to sure, Hawthorne? But, but Dicko had to agree to it. Gee, would have so he went, when, So when he got back from holiday, there's there's voice messages from Lee Matthews, <laughs> Hawthorne's list people, everybody. Did did, uh, did Craig McRae get to 2008? Would have he been out of playing Hawthorns if it, that deal got done? Did he? 
retire before 2008. I think he, he might did, have. Yeah, yeah. I think he did. Um, you've got a pensive look on your face, Sam, because oh. the, the, the bell has sounded. No, it has. No, it was Mark Alvey, the fax machine, and he was Ooh. crossing from um, the Western Bulldogs to Essendon at the end of 2002, and it was a three-way uh, deal, three clubs involved with uh, Blumfield. Uh, Richmond only got involved in talks 20 minutes before the deadline. Hmm. So when the paperwork was finally ready at 1.58 p.m., the fax machine at AFL House was engaged. So the Blumfield deal went through with 30 seconds left, but the Alvey paperwork missed the deadline. So it didn't end up going through. The, the, the old fax was engaged. That was different times. That was, the old yeah. uh, dial-up internet style. Mm. We will come back on the other side of this uh, officially, although given what Matt Rendell tells us, if there's still people in the – and it would be a Zoom queue, would it be at the moment, given where we're <laughs> – out in the world, well, I, don't you, know, well, I don't know how they're doing. If you've it this still year. got your place yeah. in the Zoom queue, you can still lodge your paperwork. So we'll find out if anything did get done at the last minute. You can have your say on everything that's transpired over the last uh, week and a half. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Sen trade deadline for tyre power number one on the trade table. Uh, welcome back to Sen's trade deadline for tyre power. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell, with you. Officially done and dusted for another year is the trade period, and it doesn't look like we're going to get a late flurry, although there was uh, a, a quiet day turned in to a pretty decent finish in the end in terms of uh, deals done uh, to keep us uh, involved and uh, keep us talking. Um, Matty, we know today yeah. that uh, Jordan Dawson uh, finally gets to Adelaide. Sydney get a future first-round selection. Uh, the other deal's done today. Darcy Fort is now a Brisbane Lion. Geelong get a third-round Pick currently pick fifty in a future third round pick. Uh, Geelong got Johnny Segler in a future fourth round selection. Hawthorne got a future third round selection that was tied to Brisbane as part of the Darcy Fort deal. Geelong get a second round pick currently pick twenty two and a future third round selection tied to Carlton. And they give Fremantle Jordan Clark and a future fourth round selection. Max Lynch is now a Hawk. The Pies received two future third-round picks. One of those is tied to Brisbane. Yep. Uh, And Hawthorne also got a future third-round selection tied to Freo and a future fourth tied to the Gold Coast. Pete Laddams is now a Sydney Swan. He goes to the Harbour City along with pick 16. Port Adelaide got pick 12 from the Swans and a future third-round selection. Uh, Sam Eben let us know just before he left that the deal for Tristan Sherry uh, has officially fallen over. North Melbourne wanted a future second round and and proposed a further swap of future thirds as well. But St Kilda walked away from the table. So those are the deals Mm. that we know that have been done and the business that has been completed. But as you told us before, people are still getting their paperwork in and as long as they got their ticket Yeah, well, I don't know how they've they've done it this year. So... um Look, I think that's it. Look, if they've walked away, there's no other deals left. The only one possibly was the Hill, Bobby Hill one to Essendon. And Jason McCarthy basically knocked that on the head. Only because they couldn't get a Brewster or a Wingard in. Uh, so they mm. decided they didn't want to do that. And so he's got to go back, I think. He said he's not going back. So interesting to see how that plays out over the off-season. So Mark McKenzie mm. has uh, has been on um, AFL Trade Radio uh, in the last few minutes and uh, spoke about the fact that Luke Bruce wasn't the only one 
that was talked about with contracted and uncontracted players at our club. He also says he didn't think it got to those points at all in regards to the report saying that a trade had been agreed between the Giants and the Hawks until Luke Bruce had, uh, before Luke Bruce had consented. He said, I don't think it actually got to those points uh, at all. Mm. Uh, from what we've been told, uh, the deal was that uh, Hawthorne re- would receive pick 13, Giants would receive yep. pick uh, 24 and Luke Bruce, but that deal didn't get done. Luke Bruce not keen on a move. Um, and Adrian Dodoro uh, is speaking uh, as well and has just said um, he'll be fine in, in terms of Bobby Hill. He's a resilient, tough kid. He'll go back and have a really good year, and we wish him all the best. So Ooh. no deal Ooh. done with Bobby Hill either. Um, John's in Greensboro. G'day, John. Yeah, thank you, boys. Um, yeah, look, one of the things I wanted to know was how the uh, deal with Max Lynch went down, and, and you guys just told me that. Um, the other thing, um, I just wanted to mention Brody Grundy, and I agree with Matt Randell. I reckon he's a little bit hard done by. His year was a lot better than people say. Um, and, and I got uh, from a source of mine that hardly gets it wrong and also read it on social media today and yesterday that apparently he's negotiated his contract at Collingwood and and has taken a, a fair chunk of a pay cut over the next few years. Um, can you can you shed some news on that? Can you can you confirm that any uh, is that true? Because if that's uh, you know if that's true, uh, way to go, Brody. Because um, there's something going going on down at the pies. So can you can you shed some light on where, that, fellas? Where, where did you say you saw that? Uh, just on social media and a couple of couple of comments, but usually. Uh, Somebody that's connected to, to the pies that usually gives me a little bit of info through my work. Mm. Um, you hardly get it wrong, but um, anyway, so nothing's been confirmed. But if if that's true, I reckon it's yeah, fantastic for, for the pies and and Brody as well. No, I'll suss it out and try and find out. We, we haven't heard any of that. And um, uh, yeah, you're right. If he, if that's happened, he's taken a little bit of a pay cut to uh, help them along. That's fantastic. Yeah. We'd have to double check that, yeah. and we'll, um, we'll we'll come back to you on that. But as as far as uh, either of us know, that we hadn't heard anything along uh, those lines at all. But John, thanks for the call. Always great to hear from you. So, Maddie, we're mm. gonna over the next couple of hours, we're mm. gonna walk through every trade, mm. and we'll start doing that now. And, and as we go through, we're gonna give it a win, lose, or draw. Who won it? Yep. Or was it a, who won it? Who lost it? And I'll go or through the clubs. I'll go and through we, the clubs. We are well. going to get you to grade every club. Uh, mm. And the other thing we might do too is if the trade's done, we'll rank them in order of how much they move the needle for the for the club that got the player that they yeah, were after. <laughs> I think that might be a fairly quick conversation. <laughs> <laughs> With all due respect. Um, so let's let's just start going through them. Uh, and we'll go through them in chronological order. Matty, and, uh, yep. and if there is any other news that comes to hand of any trades that have been done, we will let you know uh, on the SEN Trade Deadline for tyre power. Tyre power's free tyre safety check ensures your car is tyre safe. Get the power with tyre power. So I'm just hitting a little refresh here just to make sure that we haven't missed anything. No, no other news seems to be coming through. So let's go through them in chronological order, um, starting with uh, Jake Kelly to Essendon. Not really much to score in the way of this. He he signs as an unrestricted free agent. Adelaide get a third-round compensation uh, at the time uh, with pick 42. That's a really good pick for Adelaide, 42, I think. Um, look, honestly, I didn't have Jake Kelly in Adelaide's best team next year. Uh, I had their defence of Jones, Brody Smith, Murray, uh, 
Butts, Dawson and Doda. Mm. And I'm going, I can't fit him in their defence. So do you think that this is a smart move from Kelly, read the tea leaves, him and his manager find a club that had a need, Essendon's identified, Essendon's reciprocal. So this is smart Uh, for the player and the manager. Yeah, so I'm wondering if he knew about Dawson coming in and going, I'm vulnerable and, you know, his manager's got on his bike and found a club. Essendon, their defence looked really settled there, but they... They're really attacking defence, Essendon. So they're probably looking for a real lockdown, and that's what he can do. He can lock down really good. Uh, he brings professionalism. Mm. He brings character. He brings uh, spirit morale to a footy club. I know that. Um, he doesn't bring using the ball running out of defence. So <laughs> he's a good lockdown. He'll, whether he plays every week will be debatable. But uh, I think a good deal for both parties. 42 is a good pick for him. It was an area where they needed a bit bit more depth in. I think they needed a taller, though. They needed someone. We're not banking on Hurley coming back, are we? Uh, it'd be good to get an update oh. on Hurley. I know there was one provided recently, and then the details of which are escaping me at the moment, so, so I won't. Uh, Zach Smith's a skinny kid. He'll play some games, but he's really. Cody Brand's the same. They're, you know, they're a fair way off playing a full season in defence. So they're a bit light on in defence. Laverde did a super job playing on talls. He was one of the most improved players yeah. in the competition. This and James year. Stewart went from full forward to full back to cover. So I thought they probably needed a tall back, like a Talia, to hold up for a year or two while Zach Smith and Cody Brown get up to speed. Zach Reed? Uh, Zach Reed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the big fella. Yeah, plays, plays, like, uh, plays like Harris Andrews, Zach Reed. So that's massive raps. Yeah, he's very similar, long, lean, beautiful kick, uh, good mark. But he's, you know, he, he's a he's a way off getting the body to play on the big fellas in AFL level yet. All right. So the next trade that was done, Marby or Charles signs at uh, the Gold Coast as an unrestricted free agent. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's hard to call a winner or loser in this, although this is one we probably can, given what unfolded for Richmond over the rest of the trade period. Yeah. Um, Good pick, 38, they got for they that. They got as compensation. Great pick, and they protected it by getting the Tarrant uh, trade done and instead mm. of losing that pick if Tarrant had to come in as a free agent. Yep. So they did really well, Richmond, but we'll get to them. But uh, Child really helps take the pressure off Ben King up forward, yep. and he gives good backup ruck. We know he can ruck, and he'll ruck with Wits will be back. Uh, that's an area where they had diabolical trouble. They lost their backup ruck and their, their backup backup ruck. Do you uh, love him as a ruckman because he, he's a different type? He's a, he, he adds a different dynamic oh, yeah. as a ruck with it, what it, he does. He can ruck. He moves around the ground. He can find the ball. He's got good disposal. And he'll fly for the ball in the air in the forward line. Um, so it takes a – Ben King had to take all the tools, mm. all the best backs this year with no real support because um, – Somehow couldn't get uh, the top ten of yeah, their Sam best Day couldn't – yeah, which shocked me. <laughs> oh, Sam Day – you know, didn't come in until well after halfway during the year. So, uh, great decision to get Chole and, and cost him nothing. So, this was a, a, a this is a, where we can start to maybe appoint a bit of a winner or a loser um, in each trade, or is it a break even? Carlton get George Hewitt as a restricted free agent. Sydney uh, don't match that. They get an end of second round compensation pick. So they uh, so from what we're led to believe, it's around four fifty reportedly mm. a year on a four year deal. For George Hewitt, who in 2019 did come second in their best and fairest. Um, he, d- he did? Yep. Okay. Um, God, I, I think everyone's surprised that he got four years at Carlton, George mm. Hewitt, um, considering uh, basically he's been a tagger for the last two or three years. Done a great job doing it. 
So Carlton are going to go with the tagger? Or we haven't seen him play without tagging for a long, long while. He's a tagger that, that finds it himself, He can though. find it, George. Much in our he, esteemed colleague, the Kane Corn sort yes. of Yes. Well, I'll tell you what he will do. <laughs> He'll give them a hard edge, and they need that. Yep. But we, they we, do. I think we're really surprised about the four years. Um, and the compensation, I think, is recent. What pick did you say that pick was? 39. Yeah, but he's probably been a better player than 39. It was probably somewhere in the 20s. For, but, the, but the way the system works, it was going to be yeah. after their second round. He was a second round. He's going to be after the second round pick. Because they finished up in the, the top six, It's unfortunately, it's out of 39. So mm. probably a bit of a loser for Swans and, and even a bit of a loser for Carlton in that he's expensive and long-term for Hewitt. Yeah, and I, and I did a comparison after the Luke Dunstan pickup from Melbourne, which I think, and I'm looking forward to getting your opinion and we'll come mm. to this, I think it's one of the most astute pieces of business uh, done, mm. uh, one of the most astute pieces of business done, I should say, mm. to speak correctly. I oh, know Gary will probably be on to me about that. Um, one of the more astute pieces of business done through the period because it, co- it cost Melbourne nothing. Mm. I don't give up anything for him and it's a two-year deal and I can't imagine it's at a heap. No. But I did a little compare the pair on, um, on Dunstan and Hewitt, with all due respect to Hewitt, who I've just, as I've just said, was second in the best and fairest in 2019. Dunstan, on on paper and the numbers for the season, much better. And well, and except disposal efficiency, which Hewitt is actually elite. He's 79 percent yep. disposal efficiency. Um, Dunstan, not so much. He's at 66. Um, but and even when you stack up his numbers this year with Chera, the most sought after signature he, for the here and now. Obviously, Chera has a much higher Ooh. ceiling. His his numbers this year stack up quite nicely against Cheras as well. The interesting thing with Hewitt for me mm. is they've got the best free uh, bloke out of contract next year and that's going to be out of contract. Well, maybe Degoe Moore might challenge that uh, in Walsh. Mm. And he's going to command close to a million. Mm. You would hope like hell that you can be able to pay. I'm sure they're budgeted to pay upwards of that for Walsh and that Hewitt doesn't bite into that. You'd be They've devastated if you lost him because of that. They've already got a squeeze, and we'll get to Adam Chera too, but we know that uh, six players reportedly took pay cuts to get the Chera deal done. That's what we heard, yeah. Which, we, which yeah, that's been reported, um, which is, is a great sign of a culture change yes. at Carlton with Brian Cook and Michael Voss, because they know that's what it's taken for them to have success where they've had success in their life. And we'll, so we'll talk more is about that. A that. Bit of, is that a, too much pressure to put on a 22-year-old, knowing that six players have taken cuts to fit you in? I, I think it's the opposite. I, I think he comes with all the warm and fuzzies. Like, mm. look, at this, look at this playing group that have done that for me. Mm. I can't wait to help repay that faith. Yeah. They are so keen to have me that they've shown literally how much it meant to them to have me. Yep. Um, so I, I sort of go the other way. You, you're a better place than I, and, no, it, and no, it would no. depend on the club. Not, no, it's, it's just a, it's an opinion which uh, no one can answer. There's no right, there's no wrong. All right. Hey, uh, so we're only a fraction of the way through the deals that have been done. Uh, this is SEN trade deadline. The deadline has passed, but we will keep going. We will talk you through each of the trades that have been done. Matty Rendell will give us uh, his view on who won that one and who lost or whether it was a break-even deal. We're going to go through every club. Matty Rendell's going to give them a grade. Uh, we'll rank them in terms of the needle move. Uh, this is SEN trade deadline for tyre power, number one on the trade table. Uh, welcome back to SEN Trade Deadline. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell with you for tyre power, number one uh, on the trade table. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 to give us your view on uh, 
everything that's transpired over the last couple of weeks. Uh, 0433-98-1116. You can text us on the temper text at any stage as well. We're walking through each deal in chronological order so far, and we've only just got through the uh, the free agency period uh, when we finally got the first trade, Matty, uh, mm. of this trade period. And this should have been the clue to us that this trade period may not have been <laughs> as dynamic as last, we were spoilt last year, let's be honest, mm. with the big names that were on the move and the deals that were done. But when the first actual trade was Collingwood receives a second-round pick, two third-round picks, and a fifth-round pick, and a future fourth-round selection, Gold Coast received a future second-round <laughs> selection, a future third-round selection, and a future fourth-round selection. Yes, that was to make sure they had enough points for Nick Dacos, but we really should have known then and there that this probably wasn't going to reach the heights. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, Collingwood were... Obviously needing points badly. They had 1,700, but if Dacos got nominated second round, they were going to need uh, 2,000, so they're a bit shy. Mm. So they did this deal, and they picked up 22 in the process. So this was a great win for uh, for uh, Collingwood, uh, mainly because they got to pick 22, mm. which has become valuable, and we'll talk about that later. So uh, they got enough points to get Dacos in. They got enough points to get Lipinski and Kruger in, mm-hmm. as well as getting Dacos. Um, so it was a it was a big win for. So so they would have targeted. So Gold Coast Suns got all these picks probably last year in the draft. They're all future picks, but they haven't got enough players uh, spots on their list to put players in for the picks they had. So they're always going out. It just depends who got in first. Whether it was going to be Bulldogs for Darcy or, or Collingwood. And Collingwood got in first. Doesn't surprise me. Derek Hine, bang. So the the uh, coup de gras was the pick 22. They had enough points, so they did something with that. They swapped it for pick 27 for uh, Frio and got there. So they swapped out their first, their, sorry, their second and third round future picks and they got back their third round pick by dropping back five spots to 27, which they still have. This was a great win by uh, Collingwood, and it wasn't a loss by Gold Coast Suns because they weren't going to use these picks anyway. So you're judging that one a draw? No, no, Collingwood had a great win here. Oh, so you think... Oh, they that... didn't... But, but it was a great... It was a win against the system, are we call, Collingwood. Are we, we going to go with a win-win? No, well, it's a win-win. It was a win against the system, not against Gold Coast yep. Suns. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh this is some nice feedback for you, Matty. Mm. Hi Sam, I've been listening to your show tonight. I just wanted to say the guy Matt you are talking with is sensational. What a great analytical mind and is really thorough. Kind regards David in Narrenburn. Oh, okay. Thanks to my son there for sending <laughs> David, much appreciated. Uh thanks very much for that. I've I normally get, only get bad ones, so that's good to get a positive one. Um, it, it is, I suppose, that you you know that you've reached a certain level of acclaim and fame, Matt Rindell, when you've got a, a Twitter parody account. Uh, yeah, supposedly. <laughs> oh, look, I, I, I'm not on social media anywhere. So, you know, once a day my boys give me a, the best line or best feedback <laughs> on there. It's usually around mispronouncing someone's names, and I say to the boys, Mate, I'm trying to remember yep. 800 players' yep. surnames and their Christian names. <laughs> what year names. they were drafted, what pick they were drafted, how and, long left to go saying, on their contract. So I got – so the bloke's contract was two years and not one. I said, come on, you blokes, <laughs> give me a spelling. I, I said, no one's got this. 
And, uh, and then I said, oh, you mispronounced Zuhar's, Zuhar's name. And I said, well, I'm not Dennis Cometti. I'm not commentating. I'm just talking about players. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we have a bit of fun. They give me a bit of feedback, the boys. Uh, I love it. Um, you were talking about uh, Graham Wright and the, and the shrewd business that he just did uh, yep. with the very first trade of this and draft Hine, Don't forget Derek Hine's big time into this stuff. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and really experienced in this space mm. of both of those men. Uh, Phil in Bayswater, who wanted to speak uh, about exactly that. G'day, Phil. G'day, gents. Uh, Matty, great work, yeah. mate. Made Thanks, the uh, trade period bearable, mate. Um, <laughs> for Collingwood, I think it's just great to have someone that can that can play the game and is strategic during this time of year because in the past, we just haven't been strategic and stable. And as a Collingwood supporter that bled all of last year, yeah. this just gives us a little bit of hope. But it shows forward planning done right and the ability to negotiate both for the now and the present I think it's a super, super job by Wrighty and uh, pretty promising. I might have to go and line up for some granny tickets already. Yeah, look, um, <laughs> look, they made some mistakes. There's no doubt about that. And, um, oh, that, uh, that salary cap stuff. I mean, uh, I felt sorry for the Collingwood people. They're bleeding over that. Their club, they would have thought their clubs got destroyed in one, one year. Um, so they're, they're going to climb themselves out of it. They got some great young kids. They went to the draft last year. They had to. They had no choice. They went straight to the draft. They picked up some really good kids. And the reason they got these good kids is because it was sight unseen. They didn't play a game last year, these players. So um, they they took the gamble. And I think, obviously, a Collingwood supporter, you would have seen, you know, your McRae, your, uh, your Henry, Oliver Henry, uh, Poulter and the likes play. And they've still got some who haven't played. Finn McGuinness, uh, Liam McMahon, there's a kid they picked up mid-season draft in Beg. They got, I think it's Aiden Beg, could be a tall forward. So they're they're really they're going to recover really quick, and they're still their senior players are in good nick. So for at least a couple of years, so I can see them climbing into the eight next year. They they won't know themselves with the new regime there. They'll be so happy. Beautifully done. Thank you so much, Phil. Really appreciate the call. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. We're working through every trade in chronological order and uh, the wrap-up from it. Uh, and we'll give you the view from the people involved as well when we come back through. A little later on, um, Matty will go through each club and give them a grade, and we will see which trade moved the needle the most for the club uh, in which that player got to. This is trade deadline on SEN, one three hundred seven three six seven three six for tyre power, number one on the trade table. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell with you. Trade period officially over. We're walking through each of the trades in chronological order. Uh, love to get your view on it too as we recap the deals that have been done. Um, we'll go through each club too and find out from Matt Rendell, our list expert, whether uh, teams were able to fill a need, whether they've been uh, left uh, well, left holding the baby mm. or um, whether they're going to need something really special to unfold for them at draft uh, in order to improve on next season. Uh, this show never complete without your view. one three hundred seven three six seven three six or 0433 off the temper text. So we've gone through uh, the deals. Uh, Jake Kelly, the first one to go in free agency, uh, spoke about uh, joining uh, the Essendon Football Club from Adelaide. Was sort of aware that it was going to happen over the last few weeks, so I was preparing for it. But, yeah, for it to finally happen and uh, finally put on Essendon Polo has been very special um, and I'm very, very excited. I've been in Adelaide for eight years and obviously um, the pool of Melbourne has been quite strong throughout those eight years. Um, and luckily um, an opportunity came up um, during this year um, with Essendon and I wanted to look into it. Um, I've been 
very fortunate here in Adelaide. I've had a had a great um, great time here. I've met a lot of fantastic people and have really enjoyed the club. Um, and yeah, the time just felt felt right to to go back to Melbourne. And Essendon um, really appealed to me. The club's in a fantastic position. I feel um, everyone who's involved with the club speaks very highly of it of where it's going, and you can see that um, externally as well. So it was a very easy decision um, in the end. Um, and yeah, I'm very very glad it's turned out how it has. Marby or child, the next free agency deal done, heading to the Gold Coast Suns from the Tigers, who got pick 38. He had this to say about his move to the Suns. Um, yeah, obviously my manager, Ralph, has been doing a lot of work behind closed doors and just trying to find a club where I could actually get a, a really good opportunity with my football and take it to the next level. And, yeah, I mean, Gold Coast, yeah, Gold Coast was probably, you know, the club that I wanted to go to and my parents also wanted me to go to. And, to able to actually go there now and to be a Suns player, it's exciting. And, yeah, obviously speaking to Stewie Jew uh, made it a lot easier too and spoke to big Jarrett Wicks as well. So um, with them guys, it's been a lot easier transition. Marbio Chol on his move to the Suns. Uh, George Hewitt, the other free agency deal done before we got into the trade period, and he spoke about why he chose to go to the Blues from the Swans. Um, yeah, it was... Uh... Um, yeah, I just think the main reason was um, just Carlton's list. I, I know it's um, such a talented list, and um, hopefully um, they can build on another strong preseason and um, go out um, start next year and play some real good footy. And um, yeah, I just think there's a lot of talent there, especially in their spine with um, Harry Mackay, um, Jacob Weedering, and then you got uh, Cripps and Walshy um, in the middle. So yeah, I see there's a lot of um, yeah talent in the team. So that was the main reason. Uh, so, Matt Rendell, we spoke about the first trade that was done was the exchange of picks between the Pies and the Suns, which means they can shore up Nick Dacos if, uh, if and when a bid comes. Uh, the, the first player traded was actually Nathan Kruger, who went to the Pies. Uh, they got a third-round pick as well, currently 55. Geelong got a third-round pick, currently uh, pick 41. Only two games at the Cats, uh, Nathan Kruger, who was originally recruited as a forward, uh, but then played his two games as a defender and now taken by Collingwood, who believe that uh, that's what they want him to be, a, a key forward prospect. Yeah, look, he's an interesting player. Uh, Nathan, isn't it? Yeah, Nathan yep. Kruger. Um, very athletic, 197 centimetres. Uh, forward back, uh, good left foot kick. Uh, the only knock on his game, is he competitive enough? And that was the knock that Scarlett gave him about playing in defence. I'm not sure you're competitive enough to play down there. Um he needs to get better in that area, but he can certainly play. He will help out them forward and back. Uh, uh, so, well, interest, interesting. That that tells you one thing, that Darcy Moore's going to play back, doesn't it? Straight away, mm. if he's going to play forward with either Cox or Cameron, or, and my check, I wouldn't. you can't play Cox and Cameron in that team. So, um, yeah, interesting player. He'll get a good look at it. For the first time in his career at 22, 23, he'll get a good look. They'll play him every week, bar injury. And uh, hopefully if he gets 15 games in a row that he uh, that he really shows what he can do. Some some players just need to play 15 in a row and feel comfortable at the level and they can skyrocket. And he might just be one of those players. I'm really keen uh, to make sure that we can make this guy into a cult hero. I spoke about it on the show the other week. Uh, a lot of people going with the, the simple Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. But He's if you're something. a Seinfeld fan, then you'll remember Mr. Krueger from Krueger Industrial Smoothing. Um, <laughs> and when he when the R dropped off 
the name Kruger from outside the building. Um, this was his response to that. You're not going out on a high note with me, Mr. Kruger. It's Kruger. I want Kayuga to echo around <laughs> the MCG uh, every time <laughs> that Nathan gets the ball. And uh, I think we can make that something, Matt. The, will the millennials uh, get that one, or is it more more our way? Well, see, this is the thing. Uh, Seinfeld's now on Netflix, so there'll be people that are finding it for the first, first time. First time, okay. Yep. The, the, the new it was something Bob and Andy were talking about the other day. The new Sopranos movie, um, The Many Saints of Newark, has now got oh, all the, the millennials. Oh, the Sopranos movie. It's, okay. it's the prequel movie to The Sopranos. Oh, is it really? Okay. So now, apparently as we digress ever so yes. slightly, now a lot of the millennials are finding uh, finding The Sopranos for the first time going, what is this? And we're saying, that, this, the is the sh- this is the show that changed the face of television forever. There wouldn't be a Netflix if there hadn't been HBO's Sopranos, The Wire, and probably The West Wing as well. Changed the face of television. Yeah, that's uh, oh well, that's good. I didn't I didn't know all that sort of stuff. You're, right, you're obviously right into it. Well, but we've I gone down wa- a rabbit hole. I did watch all the Seinfelds <laughs> and uh, uh, my favourite, Newman. Yeah, you big Newman my fav- fan. Oh, massive Newman. Hello, Newman. I, I, I just we, we did have someone oh, text in at the time and say, I "Can't wait to see if Kruger plays on Newman." <laughs> and then who else? Who else can we get in that's got a Seinfeld name uh, in the AFL? Uh, we digress ever so slightly. Um, the next deal that was done. So Nathan Kruger gets uh, to the pies. Um, this was one that probably shocked us a little, Matty, that um, Jeremy Finlayson asked to be mm. traded. Uh, Port Adelaide were happy to take him. Uh, Port Adelaide got Jeremy Finlayson and the Giants receive a future third-round selection. It was sort of done with um, a, a minimum of fuss. This was Jeremy Finlayson on leaving the Giants. Me and my partner, Kelly, uh, we just had a little baby girl. She's seven weeks old and we wanted to find some family um, support and I didn't have much in Sydney and we, we looked around and, yeah, Port Adelaide showed some interest and um, we got the deal done today and I'm, and I'm over the moon and, yeah, I'm pretty speechless. So he's really he's, happy. Yeah. The, the interesting thing now is with, with Laddam's gone, it probably saves Port Adelaide a headache with that they already had about the makeup of their Ford mm. six with Dixon, Marshall, and Georgiades. Um, and Georgiades. So what happens now with Finlayson? Does he play as a defender? Well, what, what, well what the first things first. As? First things first. Dixon's got to go back and be the part-time ruckman, which they really didn't want to do. Although Port Adelaide said. Uh, Finlayson can do some ruck work. Well, I haven't seen him do it very well at GWS. Mm. I know he did do it, but not very well. And depends how long you want. Sky set, Sky set, Lyset, Scotty Lyset does a lot of the ruck work anyway. So uh, you might not have to do much, but Todd Marshall's got to push up in that area and be able to do some too. But they can't play the four, surely, because you're going to play Fantasia and Gray and Rosie in the forward line. They're, They're trying to recontract. Motlop, um, I don't know how he fits in, but I'm not sure they can go back to the four tools in the forward line. George Yardis is going to be number two, Dixon one. It'll be out of Marshall or Finlayson who fills that other spot, I would have thought. So he's no moral to play every week, but um, he should be happy about going back home. I think his partner's from Port Lincoln, and uh, so she's closer to her family. Uh, beautifully done. Matt Rendell with us on trade deadline for Tyre Power. Uh, Tyre Power is Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. I really like this contribution off the text. I do like it when people contribute to the text line with something actually meaningful rather than just mm. bitching and moaning. 
uh, which some are more inclined to do, adding really nothing to the tenor of the show or the or the debate or conversation. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> maybe like you, Gary. Uh, this has come through uh, from someone off the text. Kruger's old man was a scarily competitive country player. It's in the young fella somewhere. Oh, okay. So there I we didn't go. Know that, so a little bit I'm of insight. He's from South Australia, I think, isn't he? Kruger, yep. yeah. From uh, is it South? He might, I've got a feeling it's, it's either Sturt or South Adelaide. It starts with an S, so I've got a feeling, but don't hold me to that. We'll double-check that in yep. just a moment. Uh, Matty Rendell working beautifully. Uh, we're only partway through the deals that have been done as we recap them chronologically. Your input always absolutely asked for, required, and appreciated. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. When we come back, the next deal that was done was a deal that I spoke about at the time, Matty, thinking it was one of the more astute pieces of business done. I want to get your thoughts on the Luke Dunstan pickup by Melbourne. We'll do that next. People are obviously going to say the chatter probably will be that you know you're not going to you're not going to get a game. You'd be playing in the twos anyway. But obviously, I'm going to I'm going to back myself in. Um, I'm in a comfortable spot of where my footy's at. And um, speaking of Goody, he, he's already sort of spoken about them. Really focusing on my strengths, and um, that's something that I'm I'm excited by and. Yeah, I'm obviously just going to get in there and work my backside off. And um, if it is that I'm not in the ones, I, I still, it's yeah, it's not the be all or end all. And um, I'm just going to be yeah, excited to be a part of a happy group that are um, hopefully playing good for you and winning games. Luke Dunstan, former Saint, uh, 11 Brownlow votes in 12 games. Didn't think that Brett Ratton rated him. Uh, was not offered a new contract and finds his way to Melbourne. Uh, welcome back uh, to the SEN trade deadline for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. We're working through each trade of the trade period for 2021 in chronological order. And Matt Rendell, we're up to Luke Dunstan being taken by Melbourne as an unrestricted free agent. Um, as I said, going into the break, reckon it's one of the more astute pieces of businesses uh, p- pieces of business done for this trade period. Cost them nothing. Probably aren't paying him very much. A two-year deal, and he strengthens an already very strong midfield. But this is a guy that I think people um, underrate, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. He ranks av- above average or elite in everything you want a midfielder to do. I love what he just said. Then that's fed- that's the first time I heard that. That's mm. outstanding. He's backing himself in. He knows he's going into a great club at the moment. So they've turned that place around real quick. Uh, credit to Goody and his team. Um, everyone at the club really. Uh, and their leadership. So um, on the surface, it looks, yeah, what the hell? What are you doing, Dunstan? You know, you're not going to get a game there. So you've got to look at it a bit differently, I think, here. So they're loaded up with inside mids. So Brayshaw is an inside mid playing on a wing. Mm. You've got Petrarca inside mid playing half forward or playing the dusty role, basically. Mid forward, you've got Harms, Viney and uh, Oliver playing as their other inside mids. And... Uh, don't quite know where you see Sparrow. He's probably an in and out, mid of more of a runner. So uh, they're loaded up in that area. They got their outside runner in Langdon in, which was great. They bought Bowie in, uh, who really helped them with their run and disposal off half back. Uh, so it got me thinking, what's what's Melbourne's thinking here? And then I thought maybe they're going to use Oliver and Petrarca, those two in particular, in different spots. Like maybe throw him half back in a game, maybe play him out on the wing, play him as half forward. Instead of having to do the heavy lifting all year, they're going to come under a fair bit of scrutiny, those two blokes, during the year. Mm. Everyone knows they're integral to Melbourne's success. <clears throat> Let's take some pressure off them for the first half of the year, play them in different positions. They, know, they can play there. 
their guns. They'll play anywhere. So let Viney, Harms, Dunstan do a bit of heavy lifting during the year. Mm. He won't play every game, but he might play 10. He might play 12. And you get to the end of the year, no, you get an injury or two and he gets in. So I, I like the move on both sides here. Whether he plays or not is debatable, but he's certainly going to add to them. But I can see what St Kilda did as well. Uh, they've got Gresham coming back into the midfield. They've got Jones, Steele and Crouch as their main. Uh, uh, Gresham coming back and, the, and they've gone for Seb Ross in front of uh, Dunstan yep. and probably think he's superfluous to our needs. The, the the other thing that I loved about it was that Melbourne have said, we think that you can improve too. So yep. that's a great place to start in a relationship, isn't it? We think we can make you a better player. And we think you can make us a better team. And the knock on him is his disposal, so 66%. But Christian Petrarca goes at 60%. Yeah. Now, I'm not compa- – I know that Christian Petrarca Buck- is Buckley one of the went, best. Buckley, one of the great kicks, went at 60-something percent because you're always under pressure in the midfield. Yep. And a lot of times you're kicking the ball where you haven't got much vision and you're blasting it forward because you're under so much pressure. So that happens. But uh, it was his kicking in open play that was his – Achilles Hill early in his career, mm. but I didn't see that that this year him playing his kicking an open play had improved unbelievably. And he's going to a club that had this issue with Clayton Oliver, who's now become mm. one of the best kicks going inside forward fifty in a competition. So the work he's going to do, so uh, yeah, Jack Viney as well, and those two people they credit uh, Mark Williams. And Adam Uze. And Ed, also Jordan Ed Lewis Langdon, has helped with it. Throw yeah. another one. Ed Langdon, he could spray him. So, yeah, he might have that deficiency, but he's yep. gone to a club that has corrected this deficiency yes. in several other players. Mm. So if they do get hit by injuries, uh, this is a guy that knows how to mm. win the ball. And as I said to you, I did a little compare the pair. And, again, this is not a, a knock on George mm. Hewitt because we all think that that's a good piece of business. Maybe four years is too much. Yep. Um, but the money's about right, and, and, and he's a good get. Well, when you look at their numbers in comparison, and this is their averages because Hewitt played 21 games and Luke Dunstan played the 12, um, but he averages five inside 50s a game, does Dunstan, uh, compared to 1.5. He averages, um, he had two goal assists to five goal assists, but when you counter in the extra games, um, he averages 4.5 score involvements a game to 3.3 for Hewitt, 4.9 tackles to 3.4. And when you work their way down the possessions, 25.3 disposals, to 17.9. Yep, George Hewitt has a 79% disposal efficiency, um, which is a big difference to the 66 for Luke Dunstan. Contested possessions, 11 to 7. Uncontested, 13 to 11. Intercepts, he still gets those, 3.8 to 3.4. He marks the ball more. His clearance numbers, he averages two centre clearances a game to Hewitt's 0.9 and 3.8 stoppage clearances to 1.6. So the things you want in your midfielders, he's either above average or elite. Yep. um... Except disposal. Yeah, so, uh, look, I think it's a canny move, but only time will tell. Um, he might not be able to get in that team, but uh, right here, right now, I think mm. they're it, it's smart where they can do a bit of prote- – not necessarily protection, but take some load off their guns. There's some great texts coming through, 0433 98 11 16 off the temper text. Malcolm's been waiting patiently in Highbury. G'day, Malcolm. G'day, boys. Look, just to add another – point to your discussion then about Luke Dunstan. You never hear, I'm yet to hear a bad word said about him mm-hmm. in the round of footy traps. I think they've partly recruited, let's be honest, premiership sides quite often fall away with because of attitude. Nothing mm. else, you know. You've scaled the highest mountain 57 years. I think that's what they've recruited him for, that 
they're never going to recruit a guy whose attitude and outlook is fantastic, and he'll drive them at training. That's a very, I, that's I an extremely good point. Yeah. Extremely good point. Uh, you're thinking it's an astute recruit because he's going to keep those blokes on their toes. Well, look at what, and mm. this is Malcolm. It's a really smart point. Look at go, go back and look at young the last mm. couple of young teams to win a premiership. The dogs well, in Bulldogs. 2016. What happened after that? Hawthorne in 08. What happened Ooh. after that? Uh, it's a really, yep. clear, it's a really, it's a great point, Malcolm. You've got another one for us on Sydney. Yeah, look, I think we've. Let's be honest. Dawson had been a reasonable player. Has a breakout year, comes third in the BNF, but it's one year. Now, I think actually getting draft choice at the end of the first round, well, it's 17, 18, 19, whatever it is in that regard, I think that's, that's quite reasonable. I, I don't, I found it quite amusing the way Sydney have sort of acted like since that they've been really hard done by and fixed up by Adelaide. Now, if they came, you know, second or third, in the BNF two or three years, bloody oath, but not one year. I, I thought, I reckon that's about right. If anything, I reckon Adelaide is slightly over. No, you've, you've spot on there. Uh, you know, I spoke to a few recruiters and they thought bottom of the first round is uh, about where he sits. I thought 20 to 25, but uh, they thought around there and that's what they ended up getting. You assume Melbourne's going to be 15 to 18 next year. Uh, I, I made a point to Charlie Gardner on Trade Radio today. I said, I suppose you Swannies blokes would love to play Melbourne next year and beat them twice. So so, that, so they fall down the ladder. Uh, I said, I wouldn't mind having a bet on you blokes against Melbourne. Um, so they could drop down the ladder a bit and that pick becomes even better. So, uh, no, they got it right and I can't believe it took a week for it to happen. Uh, future first round pick for Dawson. We'll get to that uh, eventually. But um, as we go through these in chronological order, uh, on SEN Trade Deadline for Thai Power. Family safety is never up for trade. Um, Dawson, though, I don't know if we're underselling. Um, when you look at, again, I'm looking at numbers. Mm. He's got a kicking efficiency of 76.3. So we know he's lethal um, by foot. He's elite for inside 50s for his position, elite for effective kicks. He ranks elite for disposals in his position. Um, kicks per game as well as effective disposals. Um, those kind of players, Matty. Mm especially when Adelaide like to play a run-and-gun style and take the game on, move it quickly, mm. he's going to fit into that building structure, I think, really well. Hold that thought, though. We've got to take a break and come back, and we'll keep rolling through these, and you can respond to, to my mm. uh, summation of Jordan Dawson. Um, I think I can see why Sydney were so disappointed to see him go and so keen to hold on to him. Uh, your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're working through each of these trades chronologically. Maddie will go through uh, whether each club was able to fill their needs that they would have had coming into this period and where they're situated at the end of it. That's all still to come uh, on the SEN trade deadline for Tire Power. Sam Hargraves and Matt Rendell with you. Trade deadline for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. As we're working through chronologically the deals that were done in this period, uh, we got the mega pick swap was the next deal done after Melbourne secured Luke Dunstan as unrestricted free agent. So just to recap on that, at the time, St Kilda received a uh, two fourth round picks, currently 62-66 and a future fourth. Adelaide got a fourth round pick, currently 75. Adelaide got a second round pick, currently 33, and a future first rounder, which was important. Western Bulldogs receive a third round pick, currently 45. 
The Bulldogs also got a second round pick and a third round pick, 23 and 44. Melbourne got a third round pick, currently 49. Uh, a second round pick, currently 37. And a first round pick, number 17. Now, there's a lot of, mm. lot of detail in that quite intricate Matt Rendell. But when you <clears throat> look at that, what's the thing we need to be most aware of? Well, we... it was Bulldogs getting the points for Sam Darcy was the key to this. I couldn't work out why Saints were in the deal, but anyway, they were in the deal. <laughs> um, I think they were bored. So, uh, But <laughs> the, the rest were basically a break square. Uh, Melbourne moved up, uh, I think, what was their best? It was 30, 30 I think, into 17, but gave up some futures. <clears throat> so that, they're going to back themselves to get a good player at that 17 in the draft this year. Well, essentially, it was about Bulldogs getting that 17 out because it would have got gobbled up by the Sam Darcy uh, pick and uh, getting enough points in, which they, they didn't quite get enough, but they did get some points in and a, and a swap of all those, you know, futures. The, the future, I just want to go through this future third and fourth stuff, and I can't work out why people are trading future fours. Fut- the, the end of the uh, third round is 54. Mm-hmm. So the end of the fourth round, so the uh, so yeah, first round, second round, third round, end of third round's that. So you're talking about picks round 60, something or other. Now, it might be valuable this year, but maybe not next year because um, <clears throat> I don't know if there's too many father-sons, NGAs, academy players next year. I haven't done any homework. I haven't spoken to people about that. But this year, there'll be at least eight picks go out. So if you've got pick 60, that could come into 52. That's extremely valuable uh, for picking players at the back end because of Darcy and uh, Dacos. All those picks will just get wiped off mm. uh, Collingwood and uh, Bulldogs. But next year, I'm not too sure. Maybe that, They would know better than me, and maybe that's why they're putting in there. I just haven't been able to do any homework on it yet, which I'll try and do over the, the break and find out how many... I think Sydney might have a couple of good academy kids, but I don't know about NGAs and other father-sons. Uh, 0433981116, uh, off the temper text. Uh, temper, a mattress like no other. Uh, Brett saying no text being read at all. Brett, we will. We're, we're going to work our way through a heap of those. There's a good text from Gary that I want to read in just a moment when we get to the Jordan Dawson trade, mm. uh, and you'll get the chance to just give us your view on where he sits as a player. Uh, we're going through these chronologically, though. Uh, feel free to get involved at any point, 0433 Eleven sixteen. So the other, the next deal that got done, Matty, uh, on the seventh of October was Frio. Now this was all to do with the deal that got done within the last hour of today, the Jordan Clark deal. So Fremantle got pick twenty two. Yep. Collingwood uh, got pick twenty seven. Yep. And a future third round selection. So Collingwood gave up future second and third when they did that deal with the Gold Coast. So Gold mm-hmm. Coast had plot. Had uh, ploughed into next year again with picks. So um, using that, getting that 22, I said it'd be valuable. Or it got them back into the third round. So Collingwood is still sitting there with that 27. They'll do something with that because it get gobbled up by Dacos. So it's it's got some uh, a real good value on it. Mm. Um, but it allowed the Cats were asking for between – or 8 and 27, but really, realistically, they were asking for something between 20. 15 and 25. He was picked at 15 yep. a few years ago. So they got the 22 to appease the Cats. So that's part A of uh, of getting Jordan Clark. 
We'll get to part B. The next yes. deal that was done, and this. Was... So sorry, that's that's a tick for both. Tick for both. Tick for both. So this one, I think, too, is also a tick for both teams involved. The Gold Coast really proactive here, knowing one, they've got full confidence in the list that they've got, and there's a question here, and and and, and Maddie, thanks off the text. Uh, sorry, this is Dan off the text, uh, and I've got this parked here to, to ask you as well, which I'll do at the end of this. Gold Coast receive a future second round selection and a future fourth round selection. There's that future fourth, Matty. But Fremantle, they took Will Brody and the contract that was mm. alleged to be around 400k a year. They got a second round pick, that pick 19, that 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 coveted pick 19, yep. and two fourth round picks currently 61 and 69. So we're starting to see now, Matty, and we almost saw a deal got getting done where a third party was brought in to cover salary. Mm. This is a little bit like that getting rid of a, a salary yeah. as much as it is a player and, and having to give a cherry to take it in that pick 19. Oh, it's, it, this is gold. So they put a price of 400000 on pick 19. That's what Freo did. <laughs> We're going to take Will Brody's 400 grand mm-hmm. that he's owed and you're going you're gonna to give us 19 as well mm. and basically gave them nothing back. I mean, they all get signed off by the AFL, but AFL knew what they were doing. It's a salary cap dump and giving yep. their bloke an opportunity, he wasn't going to be any value to them this year. They weren't going to play. You think he can be a player, Will Brody? He was a really good junior, but only what I hear is that he was a bit lazy up there and um, he needs to put his head down his bum up and get the best out of his abilities when he gets to Frio. So great deal by Frio. They get that coveted first pick in the second round, which we've already talked about. It's got some value to it. Mm. The problem was for Frio is that now Geelong wanted the pick 19. (laughs) So um, they thought that 22 they got for them. Yeah, happy days. Now they've got 19. Um, didn't they try to do the Brody in 19 with another club? It eludes me first, and it got knocked back. They knocked it back. Did I, can I remember uh, that? Yeah, it was, I and, think it was North Melbourne. Yes, it was. It was with yeah. McPherson. Yes, it was. It was, it, it was they McPherson, tried to do the Brody. 19 yep. and that to McPherson, yep. and North wanted to do it. And offered him another year. North were very happy to do it for that pick 19. Darcy McPherson wouldn't leave Gold Coast. Now, we've got to get to a break, but Dan had asked this question. Matty, how can Gold Coast, who only has pick three, take a minimum of three picks in the draft? They'll upgrade two off their rookie list, which they're allowed to do. (laughs) So it's a bit of anomaly. They've allowed clubs to do clubs to do this in the, about the last three years. And they're actually trying to get some players to go back to the rookie uh, list because, from the full Because list. They, they haven't got enough spots on their list to no. put three new ones. Well, uh, oh, they might have th- – theirs is a complicated thing because they've got ten rookie list spots. They were going to put Brody back to a rookie list. They're going to put mm. another kid back to the rookie list off their main list to make some spots. So uh, without having it in front of me, I can't really tell, but – uh, yeah, they'll upgrade two rookies to fill that um, those three spots. We'll come back and we'll uh, dissect the most sought-after name in this trade period. We knew from a couple of months out that Adam Chera was going to be uh, the most coveted name that we thought would be up for trade in this trade period. A deal got done. We'll work our way through that on the other side of this, one 736 736 And off the text, Will Brody will be a star at Fremantle. And as Matty said... Okay. If he goes and sidles up next to Nat Fife for a preseason, mm, and so he should, and maybe um, 
maybe pick whoever their Brayshaw. best whoever their best runner and trainer is, mm. and just say I'm going to spend all my preseason with you. Mm. We will wait and see what happens. Uh, new beginnings, new horizons. It's a big part of what trade's all about. Uh, this is the SEN trade deadline for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Oh, Carlton's obviously a very strong club. Um, a lot of history behind them, but I think at the present moment, there's so much excitement about the group and um, obviously a lot of changes have happened over the last few months there and I just really want to be a part of it and feel like they've got they've got the core group there and um, I can't wait to work with them and start to build something special and um, I know they're all hungry for success, fans included, and um, so am I. So um, just can't wait to be a part of it. Yeah, look, we're really, really excited. He's um, He's obviously a was a high pick himself and he's he's hardly missed. I think he's played 76-odd games in the four years at Fremantle. So we see him as a 10-year player for us in the middle of the ground and really complement what we've got. Um, you know, the ability to to run both ways and use the ball really well. I think he's kicking inside 50 especially is a, a highlight of his, um, his game. So we're really excited with what he can bring. Adam Chera and Nick Austin. So Adam Chera um, went from Fremantle to Carlton. We knew a couple of months out. He's been one of the most talked about players for the year. The offer was on the table very early on from Fremantle. And the longer he held off on signing that, the more likely it was that he would ask for a trade. That happened. Nick Austin, the Blues head of list management, talking about how excited they were to get Adam Chera, who said he did give Melbourne a chance to pitch. It was always a big question, though, Matt Rendell. Uh, Sam Hargraves here on SEN Trade Deadline for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Uh, what? How could Melbourne get that deal done? In the end, he nominated Carlton as his club uh, of preference. And uh, one of the really nice parts of this story, Matty, is the fact that we're led to believe that about six Carlton players uh, agreed Ooh. to uh, take a pay cut in order to get his deal done, which is... Rumoured to be around the 7 to 7.50 mark. He was taken at pick five in his draft year. He's had two top five best and fairest finishes. He looks primed and ready to go to enter the next phase of his career. You'd think he'd be starting in the midfield come round one for Carlton. Quality player, quality person. Um, obviously want to go back home. They've, uh, if, there's a, if there's a country in the world that's got a stronger family bond unit than Italians, I want to know which country it is. And, we, you know, that's just a fact of life. Um, us Aussies can't get out of home quick enough, <laughs> Sam. But but uh, the Italians, uh, you know, they, they got a massive attraction, the family unit, and stick mm. together. And so he wanted to go back home for mm. that for that reason to be closer to his to be closer to his family. He probably goes back and lives with his parents, I suppose. So uh, great get by Carl. Our producer Julio is is Italian and he's nodding along. So yes, probably... he's a, he's agree with me. He knows. Yeah. Uh, um, so a great get by Carlton, and they had to fight off a few in, who came late, Richmond and Melbourne in the end, like top clubs, mm. would have been enticing. He probably looked at them, but Richmond could have got a deal done um, as well. But he, he clearly had committed to Carlton very early on, and what I love about it, he didn't waver. He stuck with them. Yeah. But there's a, good, a, there's a reason for that, it, though, isn't there? Because it, if he looks at Melbourne and Richmond, he's not yeah. guaranteed to start in the middle with them, but he is at Carlton. Uh, I would think it. At Richmond, he probably would have been. Okay. Assuming, look, I'm assuming Cochin might go somewhere else for his last year. That's all. Okay. Uh, but um, I could see him at Richmond, uh, probably not Melbourne. But um, look, uh, it's a good deal. It's a, it's, a, it worked out really well. That was a solid, you know, pick six. Um, it took a bit, a little bit longer than it should have, but yeah, I agree with that. Um, ticks all round for both clubs there. 
Yep, but, Frio got the first round pick, pick six in a future third round yeah. selection. They haggled for a while. Um, put a pin in that, Matty. We'll come back and keep yeah. working through that on the other side of this. How did you trade? How did your club fare? What have you made of your club's trade period? One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We would love to hear from you as we recap uh, the last uh, week and a half of this AFL trade period. We're going through trade by trade before Matt Rendell runs his eye over your club's list. There's plenty more still to come on the SEN trade deadline. Uh, welcome back. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell, SEN Trade Deadline for Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. We're going through in chronological order, trade by trade, before we work our way through every club and where they sit ahead of the draft. And after this trade period, there's the delisted free agency period that comes up too. Uh, so there's still plenty of dates and plenty of opportunities to, to make moves. Uh, AFL now, we know, is a 12-month of the year business. Um, Matty, uh, before we get uh, to the next uh, of the uh, the moves made and the, the drafts uh, hands exchanged in this trade period, uh, we're going to go to the phones, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 a good friend of the show in Geelong, a very proud blue bagger. Hello, Muzz. Hello. I first of all want to thank you and uh, your colleague there for all the trade news that you've given me as a blind man in the last fortnight. Um, it's been awesome on Dwayne's show and the Brecky show and the the mid-morning show, and Sam, it's been awesome. Thanks, brother. Um, my, question, my question is, why are you all giving Carlton a hard time on signing up the Sydney bloke for four years? Is it too much, or isn't he good enough? Uh, look, I just... Look, four years he'd be really happy with, I thought. Oh, yeah, he'd be wrapped. He'd be wrapped in a four years for a free agent coming out uh, on a on pretty good dough. Look, it's semantics. Look, um, we probably most people would have thought it was going to be three, uh, but to prize him out, and and so other clubs didn't get him, they probably had to offer him four. Um, we're not particularly worried about it. We just it was a surprise to tell you the truth. I More than anything, Kane's probably been the strongest critic on yeah. it, and his view was that he wasn't offered anything by Sydney, so you didn't probably need, need to, to give do, him that yeah. much in order to get him given that he didn't have an offer yeah. from Sydney. I don't think anyone's arguing, Muzz, that he's a good pickup yep. and he's going to play an important role in, in what they're doing, especially in terms of culture Yep. because he's going to be great for the culture. He he's comes come from, from a very great good culture, one, yep. and he will bring a lot of that with him. Um, and I think when people like Brian Cook and, and Michael Voss look at this guy, they'll be like, yep. It it's was, a, it's he only can help minor. us with what we're going to want to implement. It's only minor, Muzzer, but we needed something to talk about. <laughs> And I think it was also, too, because our radar goes up, Muzzer, when it comes to Carlton. So Luke Sayers has tweeted a few times we're a destination club, which mm. raised some eyebrows because it's – it's, and maybe this is semantics too, but are you a destination club or are you just aware we will pay you more and give you longer contracts than anybody else will club? So the radar goes up when what's happened over the last few years with Carlton mm. giving much more money to, to, to players than Sad they would have got Williams. anywhere else and longer deals mm. than they were going to – much longer deals than they were going to get anywhere and, So And, Muzzer, we're also very worried, Muzzer, uh, how are you going to get Walsh in next year on big money and mm. he's going to be big money. So we're hoping that the Hewitt contract doesn't uh, impede that uh, contract for Walsh that will be happening over the next year. And, and also, too, yeah, the concern about salary cap, given that they, it's been a long time since finals for Carlton, Adam Chera, we know, and, and I love the fact that the players have taken pay cuts to yeah. get him in. That You, you would know this, Matty, from your, you know, 
your experience in the industry, knowing what it takes to put premiership list mm. together, a lot of times it's players taking less than they can get elsewhere. Hawthorne and Geelong are the two notorious Brisbane ones. as well. Vossie uh, knows that all too well. Yeah. His own hip pocket's been affected yes. by that. Yes, yes. Um, Harry's in Parkdale. G'day, Harry. Hey, guys. How you going? Yeah, very well, Good. thanks. Um, I'm just glad St Kilda didn't give in too much for that uh, North Melbourne Ruckman. Just mm. due to the um, MJ products that uh, St Kilda have this year in uh, Win Hagen Owens. Mm. And I was also thinking St Kilda probably should have traded up and trying to get that Callahan, being a sandy boy. What are your thoughts on uh, that, Matt? And- I don't think they were able to get high enough with what they had to trade up high enough to get Callahan, that won't be happening. You'll, you'll need to get into pick two or three for that, and they didn't have enough to do that. Uh, and the Zeri deal was going to be around future picks. It wasn't going to be uh, for picks this year. So uh, those picks in the 60s will come into the early 50s, and I think that'll be enough to get you to um, NG Aikens and Win Hager and Owens. I think it'll be enough points to get them in. So I think they've done it intelligently they didn't really need to do anything they've done plenty over the last two years they just need to sit back and get a couple of their really good players in Patton and Gresham back in their team yeah exactly yeah I hope hopefully we can make finals again next year but who oh, they should mm. good on you Harry great to chat to you one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Uh, the next trade, chronologically, that occurred uh, wasn't a trade so much as it was a an unrestricted free agency signing. Um, Hawthorne um, swingman in the end, Tim O'Brien, mm. who's been on the list for eight or nine years. Um, I think he's 27 years of age. Yep. Um, uh, just a new horizon needed. A lot of expectations have been on this young man since he got to the club. They gave him the number 23, which, is, again, no fault of his. But the moment you put 23 <laughs> on at Hawthorne, you are always going to be looked at because the history of that number with Don Scott, Dermot Brereton, Lance Franklin. Um, so he always had very high expectations, showed some glimpses of what he could be. I that's don't think there's it, that's anyone... That's his nickname. <laughs> glimpses? Yes. Well, In the industry. <laughs> well, hopefully for him, that. hopefully for him now, a, a change of scenery where yeah. he'll go to a club to play a well, role. And and hopefully that can be the, the a real pivotal and turning point in his And here's the career. weird thing about it. He was probably having his best year playing as a key back this year. He did. And I thought took mark of the year. I don't know about you. I had you. him on the podium. I, I thought he took the mark of the year. It was a crack. And that's what he can do. I had Rewalt first. Okay. And uh, uh, played some really good stuff down back. He did. And uh, I thought uh, they probably need to keep him. I mean, they've got Granger Barras coming on, but he's... A skinny kid playing. He's played five games. Sicily they coming got, back. They got Frost and Hardigan. They're, they're on contracts, and he wasn't on contracts. So it mm. uh, makes a bit of sense. He's been there for a while. And it made sense for the Bulldogs having lost Lewis Young because they're a bit light on in defence too. Are. Cordy Gardner, Keith, uh, no stars, very good defensively. And uh, maybe uh, they can develop. Uh, O'Brien can, into can, a third tall back yes, and can, intercept can he, marker. Yes, can he be an yes. alier? Can he be a lever? Can that, he... That's what I would think. That's what I think they got him for. Yeah. So let's see how he goes with that next year because I think he's very capable of doing that at Bulldogs. This is where Luke Beveridge uh, told Tim O'Brien that he intends to play him, according to Tim O'Brien. Yeah. So yeah, I've spoken uh, to Bevo a couple of times briefly, um, and had a pretty good relationship with, he, with him when he was at Hawthorne in my early couple of years. So. Um, yeah, that's a really exciting part to get to get back with him. But he was um, pretty clear that I'll be playing across half back, um, which is something I'm excited about. I feel 
that's probably where I'm going to be able to play my most, my best and most consistent footy, and um, that's where my attributes are best suited to to how the game's played these days. To to be playing as like an intercept marking defender um, will be the role that I'll I'll be looking at playing. I, prom- I promise you, I haven't heard that video. <laughs> I haven't heard that tape. It's exactly what we were talking about. The other thing you should go and have a listen to, Dogs fans, and, and I think it's a great one for footy in general, the chat that he had with Bob and Andy on SEN Drive, where he okay. spoke about the pressure, spoke about the expectation, spoke about what it did to him yeah. mentally and, yeah. and how he struggled with it from time. It's must-listen stuff. Okay. And he was really honest. He was really open, mm. uh, and, and credit to him. Because he, because he obviously is a is someone who's got tremendous self awareness, understood where he was at, yeah. where people thought he might be, where people wanted him to be, where where he was, you know. So it, um, a, in hindsight, it wasn't a good move to give him twenty three. Oh, I, th- I don't think he had the personality to accept that twenty three. Well, when you look at the personalities that had that number, mate, he exactly. was a, he was a gentle person. Yeah, it, it it was not going to suit him. Mm. I'm surprised they did that. Mm. Uh, I and I can understand well. how he'd feel the pressure. Oh, I, I, he's a great kid. I hope he does well there. And it, and they're going to give him every opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I really do hope that uh, it's a success for, for Tim O'Brien, as we do for anyone that, that gets a new home. Uh, the next deal was a three-way deal, Matty, October 7th. There was a bit of movement on this day. Uh, one of the more, um, uh, one of the more uh, action-filled days, given uh, that there was uh, one, two, uh, three... Four, five deals done. Uh, the last one on the day was Carlton getting Lewis Young, uh, the Western Bulldogs swingman. Western uh, Bulldogs getting a third-round pick, which is currently pick 52. And the West Coast Eagles got Sam Petrevsky-Seaton. And this is an interesting <laughs> one um, to dissect. Who wins? Who who are the winners and losers out of this trade, Matty? Because Sam Petrevsky-Seaton, um, when, and I've told this a few times, when Cal Toomey was going through his draft um, analysis, of the 2016 draft, with which Sam Petrevsky seaton was pick six, he said that he might end up being the best midfielder of the lot. He's been playing senior waffle since I think he was mm-hmm. 16 um, and, and thought that he had the highest ceiling. It hasn't worked out for him at Carlton. He now goes to West Coast. They took him at pick six. They got pick 52. Big winners, West Coast here. Yep. Uh, I really like him as a player. I mean, it, I, when I look at players and you're doing trading and drafting, go off their best. And his best is great. Mm. So go off their best and then find out why they're not at their best on a regular basis. There is always an issue. The player's too lazy. For some reason, the coach doesn't – they don't warm to him or uh, he causes trouble at the club or um, he's not fitting in with their culture or something like that. There's always a reason Mm. why you see a player at his best. You know, you want to – you want to – know why Tim O'Brien's not at his best every week with such talent that he's mm. got. So find out the reason and go off their best. He is no way of pick 52. He was taken at pick six in the draft for a reason. I think everyone had him sub 10 um, and anywhere between five and 10. No one had him, I wouldn't have thought, sub five. So, uh, and he's played some really good footy for him. I don't know what's happened there, but a really good pickup. He's going to fit in their midfield beautifully. They need some pace, kicking skills um, out of the middle there. Pace more or someone who can break lines, and we've seen him be able to do that. So a great pickup for them. Uh, Bulldogs got some more points in for Lewis Young, which they needed for uh, for Darcy. And the Carlton one, Lewis Young, uh, interests me. I, I'm, you know, they've got Jones, 
30-31. Wiedering's a star, and Marchbank hasn't basically played for a year and a half. So mm. I thought they were well-equipped for key backs, uh, but they're obviously worried about Marchbank. Hasn't played for a while. Jones is, he is 31. Is he and, he's a, and he's a younger bloke. He's 22, 23. I haven't seen enough really good footy as a key back to be able to judge him. Do you know what you have seen, though? You've seen Ticker. You, I, you, you've seen him be told, hey, listen, you have to go and play finals in the ruck, which we've I, never had you do, and you just got to make a contest. I, we've I, lost I, three in a row getting uh, into finals. You've got to play ruck for us. Um, go on. Off you yeah, go. And, and he got and, stitched up by Draper in the first half of that final, but yep. I love what he did in the second half yep. in the ruck there. Obviously, Stefan Martin come back, came back and he missed out. But his second half was really good in the ruck on Draper, mm. who was really throwing him around like a rag doll, and he yep. really fought back. So I, I, there's a lot to like there. He's not going to play in the ruck at, at Carlton, but I, I haven't seen enough of him as a key back to make a, a mm. solid judgment on him. Uh, this was first, we'll start with Sam Petrevsky Seaton on uh, joining the Eagles and the role that he'll play there. Are you speaking to Dwayne Russell after the trade went through? The process has been pretty smooth, to be honest. Um, I've been in, the, in and around the facility yesterday, and I'm about to head in today and um, hopefully make myself a bit comfortable with the joint already and I mean, just head in and for, a, for a gym session. So um, uh, I spoke to Simo when I was about ring the day that I traded and a few days after that. But um, I think he's, gone to, he's still on holiday at the moment. So uh, I look forward to chatting to him pretty soon. Did he tell you where he's thinking of playing you? Yeah, well, that was a fair idea. Um, I think well, I play my best footy through that midfield forward role. So, you know. If I can you know, to contribute to the to the team playing that role, um, you know, and hopefully you know play some some good footy, um, and you know contribute to the team in that in those positions. Sam Petrovsky Seaton gets to to go home, and um, I think the preseason is going to be a really important one for yeah. him. Well, home's not necessarily Perth. He's from Halls Creek. Well, it's a fair way away. You're 100% right. Home state, I should have Home said. Home state. And he actually didn't spend much time in Perth. I reckon no. he was only there a year, maybe. A year or two? Was he two I years at Waffle Seniors? I thought, for some reason, I thought it was a year. You they might, might have right. bought him down for some games yep. uh, in the previous year. But he actually lived there for a year, I think. Lewis Young uh, on switching clubs and uh, joining Carlton on a two-year deal. Spoke to Trade Afternoons uh, on AFL Trade Radio. Um, yeah, no, um, yeah, a lot of work went in background um, with the Blues and um, they just sounded like a really, really great club, a really great group of guys and a lot of, um, a lot of excitement around, around the group and the new, um, the new wave that they're taking. So I, I really wanted to be a part of it. And when, your best position, I've got to ask you, I mean, is it you've played ruck, you've played forward, you're arriving at Carlton, correct me if I'm wrong, as that third tall, if you like, as, as a defender, is that where you think you play your best footy? Yeah, I believe so. I think um, I've played a lot of different positions recently, and um, versatility is something that I can um, I really thrive for, just because it really helps out the team um, if something goes wrong or if, if there's a need at a different position. But yeah, I do see myself playing as that third um, third tall and potentially playing on those bigger key forwards. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm hoping to do for the, for Carlton. When did you make the decision, Lewis? Do you wanted to leave the dish lickers? You had a taste of finals footy, uh, narrowly missed out on playing in a grand final this year that looks like some sustained success coming up at the Dogs. When did you decide that you wanted to make the move to the Blues? Um, it was probably after the season. I really invested myself in the finals. Um, I, I played two finals and then was unfortunately missed out. So I was really invested in the final series and um, really turned away all, all contacts really with my management and my, um, my team. So after the season, I went back and spoke to my family and my management and we felt that it was the right time for me as a player um, 
to make the move. And yeah, I'm really happy that I've done it. Lewis Young speaking to uh, Sam Edmund and Adam Cooney on trade afternoon. So he finds himself at a new home. So that was part of a three-way deal. Uh, When we come back, we're working our way through the deals done of this trade period on SEN Trade Deadline for Tire Power. Here to help you stay safe on the road. Your input, though, much uh, greatly uh, appreciated and sought after. 0433 98 11 16 on the temper text. one 736 736 is the number. Uh, we'll keep working our way through your calls and your text and the trades uh, as they rolled out. And then Matt Rendell will just work through each club uh, and where they're situated at the end of this trade period. Did they feel the needs that they had or is there a bit of work for them to do with the, tra- with the draft uh, around the corner next month? Super excited to be joining the Tigers and can't wait to get down to the club and meet the players, coaches and staff and get stuck into pre-season. Looking forward to a big 2022 and can't wait to have you guys back in the stands. So that was Robbie Tarrant, uh, now a Richmond Tiger. Uh, It was uh, one of the more interesting uh, players whose name came up during this trade period uh, when a lot of talk around would Richmond look to take a Daniel Talia uh, given the retirement of Dave Asprey. And it was Robbie Tarrant that ended up being the player that filled that void. So 174 mm. games for North Melbourne. He was pick 15 in the 2007 draft. Came through the Benigo Pioneers, South Mildura boy. Uh, now finds his way to the Tigers. That deal was done, the first deal uh, of the 8th of October, as we work our way through every deal done on the SEN trade deadline for Tire Power. Here to help you stay safe on the road. So the Tigers get Robbie Tarrant, a third-round pick, currently pick number 40. And a future second round selection, North Melbourne received Callum Coleman-Jones. And that one would have stung Richmond after they lost Marby or Chole. They got two third round picks, uh, North Melbourne, currently 42 and 47. And a future fourth round selection. So a lot uh, to work through Ooh. in that particular trade sandwich, Matty. Uh, a lot of ingredients. Uh, well, who got the, the better the, of it? There was a, well, I think probably Richmond. Uh, just for the fact that I'm not sure North had to give up a future second. Was it a future second? Uh, they gave up there. Um, yeah, they got a few. They so Richmond got so Richmond got Robbie Tarrant a third round pick, which is currently pick yeah. forty, a future second round from yeah. North Melbourne. I don't know that they had to give up the future second, considering they were giving up. They got forty, and they and mm. they got Tarrant, um, and they chased Tarrant. A good get for them to get Tarrant. They need a replacement there. They got Bolter coming back off a knee. Obviously, Grimes there. Uh, so a good get for Richmond. He's got easily a couple of years left in him. He makes a um, he's twenty sixteen best and fairest Sid Barker medal. But one of the things about him, Matty, he's going to be able to play either the designated driver role, mm. or he can if they've got Bolter injured or maybe Grimes injured, he can play the intercept role yep. as well. So he's he's got he's got strings to his bow yep. as a as a key defender. And there's still a massive chance to win good a flag, too. Yep, yep. No, that's a good a good deal. Coleman Jones, they've got in to play as forward ruck, mainly take over from Goldstein and ruck. I haven't seen him ruck enough to say whether that's a winner. Um, I know I've seen him ruck at the forward line, but it's not playing on ball all game and, you know, copping the, uh, copping the big fella. So uh, I think he needs to get, a uh, you know, fitter and stronger to be able to play that role. But... Uh, we saw enough of him playing in the forward line at Richmond to mm. know that he can be a good, really good player. And, you know, with Larky up there, that's a good foil for him. Larky desperately needed someone to help him out there. He did a super job last year, I thought, Larky. So, uh, good Building. move. Probably, 
probably just Richmond because I'm not sure that North had to give up the future second. Because that's a good pick, the future second for North. You've got to think they're going to finish in the bottom half a dozen again. So it's a good one for Richmond to land, mm. isn't it? So he's kicked 11 goals in nine games. Mm. Callum Cullen-Jones, what I'm really liking about North Melbourne is Matty Rendell is they're building a really handy uh, selection of hyphenated players. <laughs> It's a plethora that I've got. So yeah. we can just think next yeah. year that Luke okay. Davies Uniac is yeah. going to be maybe giving a little handball yes. after a contested ball win to Jason Horn Francis, <laughs> who's hopefully going to deliver inside Ford 50 to Callum Coleman-Jones. Um, We're seeing more of these hyphenators, aren't we? I love it. I've, I give a Ivor Warren Smith award out that this was the first year <laughs> of it to the it. best player with a hyphenated name. Luke <laughs> Davies Uniac was the runaway winner. Yeah. Big second half of the year. Uh, so that's very exciting from a personal and highly stupid point of view. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, the first deal done on the 8th. And then we had to wait a couple of days. We had a, we had a lull, Matty, between the 8th mm. and the 11th. But this was another one that, that came early on uh, and was discussed that Pat Lipinski, who... Yep dominates at VFL level just and understandably so can't crack uh, the starting mid or or really even the team at the Western Bulldogs who are blessed uh, with an abundance of midfielders and inside midfielders and he mm. wants to play as an inside mid but he's got run and carry uh, attributes yeah, as yes. well so he goes to the pies Western Bulldogs get a third round pick currently pick 43 what did you make of it yeah Bulldogs are looking for more picks for um for Darcy so that shored up that area for him. So I think it's just a it's a win-win by both. Lipinski will play most of the game for him. you got to think, yeah, he can play in that role. Uh, Sidebottom and Pendleby might find other spots uh, for them now, you know, get coming to the end of their career. They've still got a couple of years left in them, both of them. But he's a young fellow, Lipinski, and he's going to add to their young midfield stocks. He will. He spoke to Bob and Andy on SEN at the time about why uh, he'd left the Bulldogs? Uh, I just think, you know, I was playing a lot of VFL and I felt like, you know, I was probably, I was dominating that competition it felt like this year and still wasn't getting a chance. So I think um, I just, from from that, I really just wanted a fresh start because, you know, there's such great players at, at the Bulldogs in the midfield and none of them are going anywhere anytime soon. And I really just want to take, take a chance and, you know, hopefully get more consistent AFL time. So, I think you've got to look at that, and that was probably one of the another main reason. You know, just the quality of AFL mids and all Australians, and you know, superstars at the Dogs. It was it's going to be always tough, but um, there's still you know some really great players at Collingwood that I'm keen to learn off and you know be involved with. So yeah, it's just exciting. Pat Lipinski, who's joining the Pies, note to anyone that gets traded after requesting a trade, and not that players don't now understand the business of football, but if you are going to say, hey, I don't want to play here anymore, when you get your first chance to do an interview, pump up the people that you've left as much mm-hmm. as you possibly can. He did it beautifully there, Matty. Pat Lipinski, all about all Australians and greats of the game, and that's exactly how you do oh, it. Oh, I love how he said he dominated the VFL too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You've got to remind them exactly what they're getting, but at the same time, give a big hug to the people yeah. that you've just left. It makes it very hard. It's very hard to be angry at someone no, exactly. when they're praising you to that extent. Um, but it's a good pickup. Yeah, it's a good pickup. It's a, that's a win-win for both uh, because Bulldogs need the points. Uh, so Gary uh, has come back with a, with a great contribution and, and much appreciated. Positive reinforcement for you, Matty. Uh, Dawson, if drafted now, would be top 15. This is about Jordan Dawson, who mm. has got his way to the Adelaide Crows. It took a long time to get that deal done. Sydney receive a future first-round selection 
Uh, I agree. He's with, spot on. I Gary. agree with yeah. Gary that yeah. he's a he's a very very good player, Jordan Dawson. And if he's in next year draft, he'd be the same. And it, and that's what probably they're going to get. Yeah, Sydney. Well, fifteen. At worst, it's going to be eighteen. Yeah. Mm. Um. But given that we're probably not expecting um Adelaide to jump up too much, it could be a pretty good pick for Sydney. Um. No, they've got Melbourne's first round. Uh, Sorry, you're, that's, they've uh, got and, Melbourne's first round. Just in brackets round. here, the part I didn't read, tied to Melbourne. Thank <laughs> you very much. So, read the so whole sentence. There's so, a lesson for me if I'm yeah, dealing them I, out. I wonder why you're looking at me quizzically. I yes, know. Yes, at 18 is the worst it can be. Yep. Mm. You're 100% right. Uh, if mm. only we could take that back. So, uh, yeah, couldn't agree more with that one. He's got you Gary. rattled, Gary. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> That's very good from you. That's very good. That's very good. Um, but what he what he does do is he fills a position that, that that's going to be so handy for for Adelaide because he the way that they play yeah, absolutely the way that they play he's perfect for yeah absolutely uh, wing half back third tall back even fourth tall back but wing half back and uh, you know Tilthorpe and Tex and Fogarty are going to be so happy next year as he spots them up. So that was the trade done, the first trade done today after a couple of very lean days, uh, which we said a couple of times during this trade period. The SEN trade deadline for Type Out here to help you stay safe on the road. We'll work through the final day of trades on the other side of this. And before Matty goes, he is going to take us through each club and just quickly give us a mark on how they performed in this trade period. Uh, this is the SEN trade deadline for Type Out here to help you stay safe on the road. Question off the text, 0433981116 for you, Matt Rendell. And mm. thanks for your kind words to Mari in Fitzroy. Had a nice little note on the bottom of that, which I'm greatly appreciative of. But this is to you. Um, uh, wondering if you reckon if either of the Pies pickups will be regular first 22 next season and what you both think of our mid-season draft pick, Ash Johnson, who we didn't talk about, who was uh, a key forward, yep. speaking of Halls Creek. Um, Mari and Fitzroy, uh, yes. what do you think? So we just spoke about Lipinski. Kruger we spoke about earlier and Ash Johnson. Um, Lipinski, definite play. Uh, mm-hmm. Kruger, I think, so it'll be Cameron or Cox, uh, my check, and Kruger, I think that'll be the three tools up there. Uh, so he'll get every opportunity in the forward line. He's going to be a runner up there. He's going to be mobile, uh, much like my check. So how they work that uh, remains to be seen. Uh, Ash Johnson, now, he came in the mid-season draft and broke his fingers straight away and basically mm. missed the rest of the season. He's a real talent. Watch this bloke next year. He can he can seriously play. So he plays that hybrid uh forward line marking type player uh, like Shane McAdam. So a person called Shane Radbone from Adelaide bought three Aboriginal players down from Halls Creek. Uh, Jai Farrar, uh, Ash Johnson and Shane McAdam and they all got drafted. And a credit to that bloke, uh, how that, that's unbelievable story. He's bought, his, his wife, I think, had a connection with Halls Creek. I think his wife might be Aboriginal. Uh, and I thought, this bloke's done the AFL's work here, bringing those three people down. And they've all, they're all playing at AFL clubs. It's a super story. Yep. Anyway, so watch out for Ash Johnson. He's a He's got some serious talent. Uh, off the text as well. Um, good night. Obviously, SMS is not working or ignoring question marks. See ya. Mm. Uh, apologies. I did have uh, your text to get through. When we are talking about Tim O'Brien and the expectation of, pick, uh, of being number 23, mm. had said, Sam, 23 is just a number, mate. 
Uh, change of jumper made Segs in A grade. Ruck, Sam and Matt. Uh, and I'm not sure what the Forgot Grand Final one is about. But the, on the number, just quickly, before we get through the trades that we've done today, yes, a number is just a number. But at some clubs, some numbers have great significance. Way more significance. History. Mm. And we should would you go agree through that, that one day. Would you, we will. Would you up. agree that there are, is pressure that comes with certain jumpers at certain clubs? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I, I know what he's saying. Yeah. Yes, you're right. But it depends who you give it to. And I don't think Tim O'Brien was the right person to give it to. Uh, you would give that number to at least someone who is manic competitive. Mm. And that's not Tim O'Brien. And He's got his place swagger. on the field. Had that... Well, not even a swagger. What you first want them to be is manic uh, competitive. Okay. And anything that spills out of that, okay. So, um, yeah, it is. This In this particular case, I think it does matter. Who you give it? Who you give the legendary jumpers to? Uh, you know, Collingwood give their first draft pick to a Dacos's number, but then they move into their own number after that. It's, I love the history that comes with numbers. I think it's a, it's mm. a wonderful part of our game. And I think someone gets um, oh, the fullback who who sacrificed his grand final spot um, for Collingwood. Prestigiacomo. Prestigiacomo. There's something around his jumper. Someone gets his jumper or Someone something. Someone will tell too. us off the text, yeah. 0433 So the trade's done today mm. after the Jordan Dawson went, one went through this morning. There was a, a bit of a late flurry. The ruck roulette wheel yeah. stopped spinning. Uh, and when it did, this is where the balls landed uh, for the respective clubs. So Darcy Fort uh, goes from Geelong to Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane get a third-round pick as well, currently 41. Geelong got a third-round pick, currently 50, and a future third round. John Segler, now a cat. Uh, he goes there with a future fourth-round selection alongside him. Hawthorne get a future third-round selection, which is tied to Brisbane's finish. Um Hawthorne got Max Lynch and a future third-round selection tied to Fremantle and a future fourth-round selection tied to the Gold Coast. Collingwood received two future third-round picks, one of those tied to Brisbane. That was the ruck roulette wheel. And then just after that, Sydney received Peter Adams and a first-round pick, currently number 16. Um, and Port Adelaide receives a first-round pick, currently 12, and a future third. We'll get yeah. to that because that's a bit more significant. When it came to those three ruck trades. Oh. They were, apparently they were all separate, but there are elements that, that oh, look, overlap. It's just too hard to match up uh, if there was winners and losers that with all those future picks. As I <laughs> yeah. said before, they yep. confuse the hell out of me because they're so far down. Mm. Uh, so all I'm going to say is that Hawks needed a ruck and Lynch is perfect for them. Lions needed a backup ruck in case McInerney gets injured and Fort is perfect for them. And Cats needed a ruck, and Segler's perfect for them. So I'm going to say that they're all winners because they went and got players that they actually really needed, mm-hmm. and there's, there's too many uh, future picks and, and rubbish around it uh, to be out of work out who might have finished in front and who didn't. In amongst all that, we got the news that the Jordan-Clark deal had gone through. So this one has lasted the, uh, the, the width and length and duration of the mm. trade period. It's been on the table uh, since even before. And, mm. and and Jordan Clark obviously wanted to be traded last year. Finally, that deal got done. Fremantle received Jordan Clark and a future fourth-round selection. A long time was held up uh, for the space of three picks. Geelong received a second-round pick, which was 22, not the 19 they were holding out for, and a future third-round selection, which is tied 
to Carlton. So Sam Edmund reported earlier today that uh, so adamant was Jordan Clark that he didn't want to go back to Geelong and that he's already yep. over in WA. He rang Stephen Wells himself. Sam Edmund reported that that did get uh, spirited, get a bit heated, um, and that Jordan Clark, according to Sam, hung up the phone uh, on Stephen Wells. Yeah. Um, so there's a bit that's gone into this, but at the end of the day, Geelong have realised, Matty, that this guy, this young guy has wanted to go twice. He's got a four-year yep. offer that's going to be a life-changer. It's Absolutely. a career builder for him. $1.4 million reportedly worth the duration of the four years. They weren't offering him anything extra, and he had a year to go on a contract. I'm, um, I'm, I'm glad this went through. Um, look, this is a, a win-win for both. Uh, they, they wanted between 15 and 27, and they got 22, sort of right in the middle, forget about the future first and fourth and, um, and they got Clark. So a win-win by everyone. They needed Clark to replace Chera. He's not a good player as Chera at the moment, but you never know with opportunity. So uh, a win-win for both uh, clubs here. Uh, the 22 is still a very valuable pick. The Laddams one, which we didn't speak about, I think that's a fair deal as well mm. too that that got done. Uh, swapping 16 and 12 and getting a future third uh, Port Adelaide, I think, makes a lot of sense. So they got their player in Laddams. Um, still got my really – still got doubts about him being a number one ruck. For, uh, for me, forward more so part-time ruck, yes. Uh, if they're thinking number one ruck, I'm not so sure about that for a, a long period of time. But anyway, they targeted him, so you've got to say the win-win there as well. The deal looks pretty fair. Off the text, when it comes to Geelong, Glenn in height and saying, happy with Geelong during the trade period. The Cats now have four draft picks in basically the second round, an opportunity for Stephen Wells to weave yeah. his magic. Um, and big fella, when it comes to the Lions, we the Lions could not do much in recruiting this year, but welcome Darcy uh, fought the Lions. Fingers crossed he can help Big O in the ruck, and we have a, uh, a fit list at the business end of the season to push our case again. That's from Big Fella. Um, so those were all the deals done. Before we get your views on those, Matty, this was Peter Bell uh, on Trade Radio after the deal got done with Jordan Clark. Disappointed to lose Adam, and the reasons for that are well documented. But um, uh, we were thankful that we were able to get that uh, negotiation with Carlton done reasonably quickly. And uh, then our attention uh, turned to other matters, including Jordan, which obviously went pretty much down to the wire. Um, but we're, we're really pleased to be able to bring him in. He's got some attributes that we think will really suit our list and the way that we play and, and uh, our home, grand, home games, particularly at Optus as well. Um, whether that be on the wing or across half-back, we can't uh, wait to, to get him in and get to work with him. And uh, you're also able to keep the, the pick 19, which was uh, part of the conversations from a Geelong perspective. Um, you gave up uh, a little bit less than that. But uh, how do you see that being played? Because Soss has been talking about the, the beauty of that pick, that being the first pick on, on night two of the national draft. Yeah, I mean, bit to play out now before before the draft, obviously. But it is a valuable pick because uh, with, with the day in between the first round and the second round... Um, uh, all the clubs will be able to reassess and, and look at the players that perhaps have flipped a little bit um, down, down the order. And then uh, we're, we're assuming some will come and present some offers to us. That's not to say that we wouldn't be comfortable using it ourselves. If, if the player there that we really love, we'd have no hesitation in using using pick 19. But you have a bit of flexibility there. And uh, I'm pretty confident there'll be a number of proposals thrown up by other clubs. Oh, it was a big decision. In the end, really, we only explored the option of doing a trade 
because of we had great respect for Jordan. He's um, he came to us and said that he understood that he he's contracted and would be happy to come back and play next year. But if there was an opportunity to do a deal that benefited everybody, he would uh, like to go back to Fremantle. And uh, um, it's fair to say Andrew Mackey, who uh, managed the the whole negotiation here at the club, uh, along with David Walls from Fremantle. Uh, we're in dialogue all through the week. It was uh, very respectful. And, and we think we've done a deal now that that's reflects the value we place on Jordan and we wish him all the best for the future. These situations can become heated and there was a Sammy Edmund report today that uh, there might have been a, a quite, a, quite a tense conversation between yourself and Jordan. Can you take us through what happened there, please? Uh, yeah, that's just simply... Well, it didn't happen. Um, Jordan and I had a conversation, but there was nothing tense about it. It was not heated. So, um, yeah, that that's not quite the truth. Goes with the club's blessings, yeah? Hmm. Well, he does. As we, uh, as I said before, he, he would have been very happy to come back. We would have loved to have Jordan back here. But when a player asked to go, and particularly this is the second year in a row that he's been asked to go, we were very respectful of that. And um, we wouldn't have just let him go for... Any old deal, it was a, a good deal that we think uh, reflects the value we've placed on Jordan. And to have pick 22 uh, and a future third pick um, yeah, is a good hand for us, in not only this year, but next year as well. So that was Peter Bell first, Stephen Wells second from Fremantle and Geelong, respectively. Um, Matty, as we go to the break and come back, Troy and WA has got a question for you. Yep. We've gone through every trade that's happened. Now all it's left to do is to get you to give your assessment of each club. We'll yep. r- rattle through those quickly before you go. But just in clarification of what Collingwood do with their numbers, uh, we've just been told by a couple, and thank you, very, very smart, the people that listen most. Yep. Uh, so the number 35 goes to the first drafted at the Pies due yes. to Presti's sacrifice. However, obviously, um, it was uh, Peter Dacos's number as well. Um, however, I really think once Nick Dacos receives it this year, I reckon he will keep it permanently. That's a that's, okay. that's, that's uh, some clarification and an opinion in one text. So we've got a yeah, bit of both. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see what happens. I'll, he'll do it justice, I know that. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, when we come back, Troy and WA, your question is to do with Hawthorne. Never has a team been more prominent during a trade period that they've featured in so little. We will get to the bottom of that. That's, that's gold. On the other side of this, SEN trade deadline for Ty Power, the most wanted deal on the trade table. Great race. Sale now on. Um, I mean, there's people and emotions involved. And, and, and while Sam Mitchell himself will argue that, well, he, he had the same conversation with his coach when he went to, to West Coast for the 2017 season. Well, these guys that he's having the same conversations with don't want to go um, even more than he did. And, and, and the other thing they've misread, Lordo and, and Kane, the way I read it, um, is that they've overplayed and overcooked the value of those players on the market. They're just not mm. wanted. Now, I, I say that, and, and I still expect something to, to potentially happen today for one of those guys, um, Wingard, O'Meara, Mitchell, Gunston. Um Look, the Gunson's the, almost the asterisk one. If, if his back is okay, um, he, he's going to be absolutely in, in demand. But there must be some issue with his back. They've kept him out of 2021 because there's just been no obvious taker to this point. Ever since Clarko um, took over, mm. at the end of the year, he would he'd virtually sit everyone down and say, everyone's on the trade table. Yeah. Um, if there's a, a deal we can do that's best for this football club because that's the number one priority, we have to do it. And yep. that would be no different with what's happening with Hawthorne right now. And and they would go back to those players each day. If they come up in conversation, they'd ring them and say, listen, your name's come up. 
We're not doing anything, but we're just telling you, your name's come up. So mm-hmm. at the moment, it seems like Hawthorne's turned against their senior-type players, which is not the best thing. They're just looking after what's best for the football club moving forward, if there's something there. Damien Barrett uh, first and Shane Crawford second on Hawthorne. And uh, what's been happening for them during this trade period? Welcome back to SEN Trade Deadline for Ty Power, the most wanted deal on the trade table. Great race sale now on. Matt Rendell, Sam Hargraves here. Before I get you to respond on that, Mm. Troy from WA wants to quickly speak about this issue. G'day, Troy. Hi, Sam. How you going, Matt? Good, buddy. Yourself? Yeah, good. Hey, um... You're probably the wrong person to ask, but you, do you think this trade period is too long? I know it's keeping you in it. No, I, I, look, <laughs> I know everyone thinks it's too long, but I'm going to give you a reason why it is so long. Uh, Bobby Hill came up in the last three days. Mm. Um, there's been there's been that many players, Rory Lobb, uh, Wingard. Uh, you could name 10 players who have come up during the trade period. So... The reason they have it this long is so it allows clubs to interview these players when they come up and also to do medical checks on them. Now, what they would be doing is flying these players interstate previously, not now with COVID, but they've, what they've had to do is organise medicals in their home state. Uh, it takes a bit of time to organise this stuff, especially if you're going to fly them interstate. So that is the reason why they allow so much time for the for the trade period, so so clubs can do their due diligence on the players that come up. Beautifully done, Troy. I know you wanted to ask about Hawthorne. We've just got a bit of a time constraint here, so I'll ask it for you. Hawks senior players, what does it mean now with them and Sam Mitchell? Well, Have we made too much of this, given that when the cameras went out there, Sam was actually having kick to kick with Tom oh, Mitchell? We, we probably have made too much. It's uh, look, um, it depending on the conversation you have with the player, mm. and it's if it's amiable. Uh, Shane Crawford's right. Every player in the competition has a value on his head. Someone offers something that a club wants to take, every player's got a value. I don't care who they are. Dusty's got a value. So um, that would have been the conversation that they had with the players. You've all got a value on your head. If someone wants you and it's in the best interest of the club, we will look at it. So be prepared. That's all they say. It's not that they don't want them. Uh, they want them out of the club. They don't want them out of the club. Mm. It's just that um, they've got a value that it's too good to knock back. And the players know the business of football. Of course and, they do. And let's, let's go back chronologically and fi- find out when this narrative started and why it got to a fever pitch. Earlier on in the year when Jeff Kennett sent a letter out to members saying, we will go to the draft for two years mm. and be back contending in finals. Everybody mm. in football went, that's not how it works. You, you don't you don't have enough draft picks to be able to do that. Mm. So then we start to talk about, well, how do they make that happen? Well, the how, as they've done in the past, when they traded out all their established players in the early 2000s to get the list that got them a grand final, was to trade out established players mm. to get picks in for. So then we started to ask, well, who's got currency? And those were the names that came up. It then reached fever pitch during this trade period where Jeff put on the bottom of an email, now there could be some surprises coming, a little bit of I know something you don't know, then backtracked over it saying, oh, no, those names were never put to me. Why did it have to be on the bottom of the email? That's what started this. a lot of this frenzy around Hawthorne. Hold your thought on that. We will come back to that on the other side of this. We've got to hit the break to welcome in a new audience. And then, as promised, Matty Rendell quickly gives your team a grade for their trade business dealings and doings on the other side of this uh, SEN trade deadline for Ty Power. 
Uh, yes, indeed. Thank you for your company and welcome if you're just joining us for SEN Trade Deadline for Tire Power Tire Experts. You should always trade with Sam Hargraves and Matt Rendell with you. We've been through every trade chronologically that occurred during this trade period, a quieter one than there has been in the last couple of years. And Maddie's going to rate each club's performance uh, and the dealings that they did or didn't do of this trade period in just a moment. We were just talking about Hawthorne, Matt Rendell, and um, mm. a lot of a lot has been spoken mm. about uh, that club. And we said before that a lot has been spoken by that club. Um, what did you make of their situation? What did you make of their trade period? What do you make of their want or, or openness to trading the established players? And given that they didn't get a deal done for any of them except John Segler, um, which doesn't bring them back in much. Mm. What, where does that sit them for next year at the same time? Yeah, look, um, bad timing this is because yep. the salary cap drop, uh, they've got five players here on 700 grand each, roughly. Bruce, Mitchell, Gunston, Amira, Wingard. Mm. On various degrees, we think Gunston's got a year and uh, Amira's got a year and the other three got two. So... Um, Sam Mitchell takes over. They know they're not going to win a flag with this group. Mm. And they're all 28. Uh, sorry, those four of them are 28. Gunston's 30 next year. So um, they're thinking they've probably had their best years behind them. Maybe another year they've got there uh, or two tops. So uh, they're going to try and bring draft picks in and and – and go again. They've got some really good young kids, as we know. We've spoken about them enough. So I can understand this. They're trying to move them out. But no one was going to give them first-round picks for 28-year-olds. And no one was going to give them first-round picks for taking a bloke off off you who's got 700K in his contract. They would have had to pay a lot of the money because uh, clubs... Which like, they can do. They can do because they're budgeted for it. Yep. They would have had to take a... But they're not going to get first rounds for even... Say, taking uh, O'Meara's, say, 350 of his 700, still no one's going to give you a first round for O'Meara. It's going to be a second round. So uh, it's it's bad timing for them. And next year it might not be any different. So O'Meara and uh, Gunston will be out of contract. But um, so they they would be free to go. I think Gunston would be a free agent. Would he restricted free agent? I would have thought. He'd be unrestricted, wouldn't he? Um, well, he'd be in their top 10 paid, but um, age might put him in unrestricted. But, mm. uh, you know, they're going to move for not much. It'll be, uh, if they're free agents, it'll move for mm. not much compensation because people aren't going to pay him 700 next Yep. So if they couldn't the get it this year, year, they certainly won't get it next year. No, they won't get it the following year. Sorry, 2023. And, and are we so, thinking that if, if it was to happen next year, and and, the, and these players uh, are all very, very good players who have all expressed yeah. a desire to stay, which is fantastic. Um, and, and this is not a criticism of the players. It must be – we've got to make that very clear. If they get the, these things to happen next year where they are able to trade – and you said something interesting mm. to me off air, which I hope you don't mind me sharing no. about. If Alistair Clarkson was still there, would he have been able to get these deals done? No, and that's not a knock on mm. Sam Mitchell. It's just the relationship that Clark yeah. would have with Bruce and Gunston to do what he did with Mitchell, with yep. Lewis, with Hodge, with – uh, so not with Hodge, but with um, uh, Mitchell, he did it with Mitchell. He did it with Lewis. Yeah. Um, would would he have Hodge, been able yeah. to get these done? Um, I, I think in the present environment, and I just I t- keep telling the people, 
nobody's got any money in their salary cap. Mm. They are tight as a drum, except for probably North and, and um, uh, Crow. So what we're seeing is clubs, you go through it, clubs are bringing in a player and letting one go out the other side. And that's all they can do here with the drop of over a million dollars in the salary cap. It's not going to go up next year, I don't think. So all the clubs thought it was going to go up this year, back up to normal but after COVID. But then we got hit with another COVID. So it stayed where it is. And I think it'll stay where it is again for next year because they've lost so much money this year. So that means it's going to be still hard to move players next year. We're going to have a very similar scenario. So they're going to have to actually move more players next year to get picks that then hope maybe they can bundle up to move up the draft because they well, won't get the first rounders well, for these guys if they're in the same situation again next year. Well, what what I do know is that these five players will be having big years next year. Yeah. Because two of them are out of contract. <laughs> so they will be – they'll be – and the other blokes know they could get traded – they will be playing for their lives next year. Expect Hawthorne to have a really good year next year. So they got picks 5, 21, 24. Would you expect on draft night that they're going and saying, here's 21 and 24, can you get it, who, who can get us back into the – who can get us another in the first they, round? They, they would uh, like to get uh, into 15, somewhere like that, yep. with that. I mean, that's probably uh, unders. They'd probably like a little bit more, but I'm not sure anyone's going to go higher than that. But someone – We'll Richmond, have got, Richmond have got pick 15, and we know they've got a good draft hand. Yeah. Um, Richmond could actually get that and then bundle them up and go back in front go of them again. Go back in again, someone again. Yeah, someone again. Oh, uh, expect me. fireworks yep. between now and draft and with on draft picks and that. Great. I reckon clubs will be hell-bent on getting that two and three off GWS and Gold Coast Suns. All right, let's fly through these. Now, explain how your your scoring system for well, each of these clubs? Um, it's just uh, three ticks if I think you've done a super job and fixed a hole that you've got. So three ticks is maximum. Yeah. Uh, two ticks, yeah, you've done well, uh, but you haven't killed it. One tick, you're probably more than likely just filled a gap, but not with a star. And across is you've done nothing or you've stuffed it up. Let's start with Adelaide. So they bring in Jordan Dawson. They well, got uh, some picks. Uh, they, Kelly leaves and goes to Essendon. The most significant thing they gave away was the future first round, which is tied to Melbourne. Yep. Um, you're grading of Adelaide. I gave him three ticks because Dawson's a class act. He's one yep. of him and Chair are clearly the best two in the draft by a million miles. Third in their best in first, um, and and a player they need. And he's right in the wheelhouse with age, 24. They got a heap of kids, 23 and under, so he's perfect for them. And he can't. More importantly, he comes from a great culture, and that's what I love. Brisbane Lions. Uh, just get one Ford. tick because it's a to fill a need. Uh, they don't know. They only have to hold the fort. Excuse that really bad pun. <laughs> <laughs> but boom. <laughs> but uh, they just uh, they they just needed to get a backup ruck. So in case Oscar McInerney, they don't need to do anything else. They're right in the wheelhouse. Carlton. So they get Hewitt. They got Chera. They oh, got a third rounder. They gave away Petrovsky Seaton and they got Lewis Young. Uh, I gave him three ticks. Uh, Sam Petrovsky Seaton, obviously they didn't require him, but they got Sharon Hewitt in their midfield. Mm. They got to be super strong there. They got back up in defence, or he could even start Young. They've got three ticks easily. One of the biggest players in it, and I think they've done super well. 
Uh, and just looking at what they've got in the draft, um, given that they gave away that pick six, their first pick is pick 25. Yeah, so, uh, well, they got uh, a bloke who's played four years and played some great footy. Yep. You, you can't whinge about giving up pick six for that. It's probably unders. So Collingwood, they bring in Nathan Kruger, who they didn't mm. have to give much for, and they hope that he can be something that they haven't really had, and that's uh, a, a key forward. Um, they're hoping that Darcy Cameron can come on as well, and then they don't need Mycheck to be to do that role because it, it looks like that's not what Mycheck mm. is. They've got Pat Lipinski from the Bulldogs as well, and they've got a whole bunch of picks in, so they'll get Nick Douglas. Uh, absolutely three ticks. They've killed this. Yep. Um, Lynch out. Lynch wasn't playing. I know he played a couple of games this year, mainly because Cox was out injured. Uh, so Lynch is sort of superfluous to their needs. They've got three ruckmen in front of him, so they've done well to And by the way, they on. took they took Lynch in the rookie draft about five or six years yeah. ago. He's played five games. Yeah. He's, so whatever they Im- got for him was gonna be Yeah, he's improved yeah. out of sight too. Absolutely. Uh who's next? Essendon. Essendon. So Essendon got Cross. Jake Kelly. Ooh. Yeah, what well, what was it, Jake Kelly and that was it? Jake Kelly came in and that was it. Yeah, I just I'm I'm not so sure he plays in their best team. I can understand why they did it. It cost them nothing, but they basically weren't a participant. They take pick 11 into the draft, yep. and that's pretty much it. Um, in Unusual the, in the for Dore to not do anything. Yeah, very mm. quiet. Um, from one of the most, from one of the must-watch figures uh, of, of every trade period. Uh, so Fremantle, this is, uh, who have been a major player, so they got the second-round pick. Um, which they gave away, but they've got they got that pick nineteen in. They bring in Will Brody yeah. as well. They lost Adam Chera, but they bring in Jordan Clark, and they've got pick six, pick eight, um, three ticks for me. Nineteen. Yep. Six, eight, six, nineteen. Eight, 19. Oh, massive hand in the draft. Get Clark in to replace Chera. He's not at the Clark's as Chera's standard at the minute. He might be. Let's see him after a full season. Uh, so he's a good player. We like him. Like what we've seen. And they've got a massive hand in the draft. Uh, so uh, three ticks for Freo. We don't often say that, with all due respect. Um, but over the last couple of years, they're, they're being run. They're, they're being oh, managed yeah. really well yeah, in this yeah, space that, by and they Bell. got And they got nearly the best coach. He's a gun. What about Geelong? Uh, they, gave away, uh, they give away Nathan Kruger, Darcy Fort, uh, Jordan Clark, which they got picked two for, um, and a future third round pick and gave away Jordan Clark and a future fourth. Yeah. And they got John Segler in as a 31-year-old. I, I gave him a one tick. for their, they, they fixed up their ruck problem for a couple of years. It, it's, it wasn't a major, major problem, but you just know Segler's going to shore up that. He's never going to get beaten. Um, the loss of Clark, well, they weren't playing with Kruger. They obviously didn't rate, so... Um, I gave them one tick to fill one of their holes uh, that they badly needed filling. The Gold Coast Suns, so they bring in Marby or Chole, unrestricted free agent, mm. uh, which is you've already spoken about how, how <clears> much you like that. They uh, they got a future second-round selection, future mm. third, future fourth. They gave away second-round pick this year, two third-round picks, uh, a fifth-round pick, a future <laughs> fourth-round pick. They got a future second, got a future fourth, gave away Will Brody and a second round pick of pick 19 and two fourth round picks and, as well. There's and a lot so happening for we the didn't Suns. really explain why. So uh, people said, well, why did they end up with so many uh, picks this year? <clears throat> it's because uh, their, their uh, academy players mm. attacked straight onto the back end of the draft, which they put Roses, Davies, Jeffrey. On last year. So 
nobody can bid on their players. So That's they one don't of their concessions, isn't they it? They don't yes, one of their concessions. They don't lose any picks in the bidding process. That's why they had so many picks. So they've loaded up their uh, future picks for next year because this is the last year of them going to the back of the draft, I believe. So that was a really smart move, and they get a couple of ticks for that. Uh, moving out all their picks, they're going to take that pick three uh, and probably upgrade a couple of rookies to make their three, and they get Cholin, who they really need as backup ruck and forward to help Ben King. So they're going to get two ticks off me. Beautifully done, Matt Rendell. We're just uh, with one G to go as we work through Matt's gradings for each club during this 2021 trade period. Uh, we're loving your company and loving your texts that are coming through off the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. 0433 98 trade deadline for tyre power. Tyre experts you should always trade with. Uh, Matty Rendell working through a grading for each club from this year's 2021 AFL trade period. SEN's trade deadline for tyre power. Tyre experts you should always trade with. We're working our way uh, through the Gs uh, and that brings us to the Giants who have been uh, pretty prominent today for a deal that didn't get done rather mm. than the deals that did. We'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, they got a future third-round selection. They gave away Jeremy Finlayson. They go into the draft with a very nice hand, Maddie. They've got pick two, uh, which they're open for business for, we know. And they've got pick 13 as well, which they were happy to give to Hawthorne for mm. Luke Bruce in a deal that didn't mm. get done. Or Wingard. Or Wingard in a deal that didn't get done. How have you made... Uh, uh, well, they're the across because they did basically didn't do anything. And they don't need to do a heap. They kept yep. Bobby Hill. Uh, he's, a, he's an important player if they decide to go with those two small forwards, Daniels and, and Bobby Hill. So they really don't need to do it. They've got a, their list very much sussed. Uh, lost Finlayson, but I don't think he was fitting into their best uh, forward line there with Hogan and Himmelberg. Uh, so maybe could have kept him as a key back. But, yeah, I, I would just say uh, a cross for them because they didn't need to do it and they didn't need to do anything. No, and they've got a bit of smoothing over to do. Bobby Hill was adamant by the end of the mm. trade period, according to Colin Young, that he didn't want to go back to the Giants at all. Colin Young saying he would because he's contracted and he'll honour mm. that contract. So there's obviously a, a, a couple of chats that need to happen there. Mm. Um, we'll hear from Adrian Dodoro before we finish. And Jason McCartney spoke tonight as well. I'll play some of that uh, in regards to Bobby Hill too before we finish up this evening. Let's keep moving through your gradings, uh, Matty. Uh, so Hawthorne. Yeah, we've, well. we've spoken in depth about, so we, we don't have to go too much further in, but they gave away Tim O'Brien as an unrestricted free agent. They brought in a future third round pick. They lost John Segler to the Cats. Uh, they brought in Max Lynch, and there's some late picks that have been shuffled yeah. around between clubs. Well, I've, I've given them a cross too. There wasn't really anything. That, well, they, they wanted Segler out, 31. Uh, they're, they're clearly paying some of his money. To get him out, they didn't get any draft picks in that they wanted. They couldn't move any players. And look, it's not a slight on Hawthorne, the victim of circumstances. And actually, it's a credit to Hawthorne that they've created mm. such a good club and good culture there that none of their players want to leave. Yep, and you, it's a great and you, way to look and, at it. And you gotta say so you gotta admire the club that that's a they can't mm. move players because they love the joint. And if and Jeff the, Kennett and the, didn't send that bloody email, yeah. then half the furor and ballyhoo so, and hubbub wouldn't have occurred in the so, first place. So to Hawthorne supporters, just call your jets and they've done a good job and they're going to be super competitive next year. And let's see what happens next year. But um, it's a great club. 
Melbourne. So they win a premiership. They bring yeah. in a guy that got 11 Brownlow votes in 12 games in Luke Dunstan. They got a first-round pick after not having one at pick 17. They've got a second-round pick at 37, third round. They only yep. gave away a third round, a second-round pick at 33, and a future first-round yeah. selection. So they sort of balanced each of the out, the, the, the pick 17 they got and their future first. So I'm just, I'm just saying they got a tick. Um, but they really didn't have to do much. But I, I just like how they've pushed up into the draft this year for pick 17. They'll get a really good player there. Jason Taylor's track record is enormous. Mm. And they've lost their first round next year, but don't be surprised if they push back into that next year as well. So that's what they would be thinking right here, right now, so they get a tick. It's a a longer conversation for another day. And I know you've done Mm. this. But when you look at that premiership team, majority of it built on draft, which Mm. is very much like Hawthorne, what they did in the early 2000s. And then fill your gaps with those yep. elite players that they brought in. I think there's May, five. Lever, Langdon, uh, ben, Brown, ben Brown. I uh, think there's one other. And there's one other that I'm missing as well. But if you look at it, there's only one draft, I think, in the last six mm. years that they've had that didn't feature uh, at least two mm. players from that draft in their premiership team. So, Hibbert was it from Essendon. Boom. There you go. Mm. Uh, that's why you're on the big dollars. Mm. Uh, Matt Rendell. Uh, so a tick for Melbourne. Oh, I would have said two ticks, but that's fine. It's in the eye of the beholder. Now, this is an interesting one. North Melbourne. So... North Melbourne got Callum Coleman-Jones. They got uh, two third-round picks, a uh, future fourth-round pick. Uh, Robbie Tarrant leaves and goes to Richmond, which I think is a win for everybody, and he gets a chance to maybe even contend for a premiership, which he wasn't going to be able to do. Um, and they gave away a future second-round selection. The other key thing that they did, Maddie, is they knocked back two monster <laughs> offers for pick one, which I don't know what you think, but I think that was fantastic of them to do that. Yep. They've never had a pick one. Anyone that's traded pick one has lived to regret it. Just ask the Dockers. And uh, they go in and get to plant the flag with a player and say, you're our guy moving forward. It's a big deal and they're going to make a big deal of well, it. They would have regretted this one too. Don't worry about that if they gave it away because uh, he's going to be a star. But I gave him two ticks. Got, they filled a, a gap that they had. You know, Larky had to do all the heavy lifting this year. CJ uh, Coleman-Jones comes in. He can play ruck. Take over from Goldstein. Probably... Uh, for 2023, but playing there a fair bit next year. Uh, and Tarrant goes out. They're probably a bit light on for a key back now. Let's see what they might do in, um, you know, maybe delisted free agent Talia or someone like that to hold up an end uh, there. Maybe even go after uh, Brander. He's not quite the, the big key back, but he could probably fill a role there. They get Aiden Core back. So I gave him two ticks. Um, didn't um, kick it out of the park. But uh, they did what they had to do, was bring in that key forward ruck. Jack in Geelong, and I'm glad it's just tied in really nicely. Jack, thanks for your message. 0433981116 off the temper text. Matty, is there some recency bias and hyperbole in regards to Horn Francis, particularly given the top big prospects haven't been playing? The media only reference his preliminary final and ignore the other 19 games in the sand for a large portion of which were mediocre and led him to only averaging 16 disposals. His 219 rep games were also poor. Even his Panthers coach stated he has struggled to translate his ability to find the ball at juniors to sand full level. What do you make uh, of that? Well, it's a really good point. I mean, but you got you can only, as I said before, you can only go off their best. I've seen I, – I watched his final series. I thought his final series was pretty good, not just the one game. I know he's not a high possession getter, but he plays a lot forward mm. as well and not as much on ball. Uh, I agree with the the text message that, he, that he'll need to find more on ball, but, geez, he's got some dash and he's tough and um, – I had him rated in the top three back from two years ago when I first saw him play. So 
I've got no reason to change that. But he's got a good point about not seeing any of the locals that much and seeing a lot of WA in South Australia. I think they're going to figure highly because of that. Mm. But still, this bloke's uh, going to be a star. Is he what every club will want now in the, in terms of a player as a midfielder who is versatile in the way that footy's being played to be able to have someone yep. who's got pace, poise, power? Oh well, I think everyone wants them. I mean, you've got you've, and you've got your Dangerfield, your Fife, your Dusty, um, Petrarca, uh, Stringer, Petraga, Bontempelli. I mean, everyone tries to get a hold of one, but not everyone can get one. But a lot of the clubs have got one, haven't they? Mm. Oddly enough. Um, I don't know who the like the Crows will be, but this bloke will be one of them. And is he a great pick um, given that they took Will Phillips with that pick last year when they could have gone to key forward in Logan McDonald, but they took who is – he is a midfielder. That's what Will Phillips is. Yeah. And, and we think he could be a future captain, his leadership. So he compliments – so they've got yes. – they're, they're bringing they, they dimension to They want to go midfield, to midfield. out. Like, so they've got midfield out. Yep. That's what they've done, which is not a bad ploy. Um, they're going to have a great bunch of – 24 and under midfielders going forward for 10 years. Yeah, it's exciting times. And they've got a great coach who is also a culture creator in Dave Noble. Um, They they couldn't be in better hands uh, than they are with him. Uh, And I think don't be worried, North Melbourne fans, about the lack of noise, I think. It's a good thing. Would you agree? No, no, I'm... I'm ecstatic what they've been doing yeah. in a very short period of time. Yep. I mean, their midfield, when you when you look at what they got there, Taron Thomas, Simkin, LDU, mm. I mean, Cunnington's probably got a couple of years, but um, you throw Horn Francis in there and, and Phillips and I didn't Powell. like the look of Lazaro and, and Powell. Yep. I mean, they're going to have about seven or eight Larkin, guns. You don't kick six goals in a game if you're a mug. And no. so he's shown he's just taken a little longer. Zerha now mm. is a game breaker. Mm. It looks like he's got that kind of potential. Could they end up doing with him mm. what they've done, what Essen have done with Stringer? Mm. Could he end up being a centre clearance and then get – I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I like what they've done. Be said at the start of the year that North Melbourne, it's not a, it's not only just a rebuild. They're, they're, they're back with the architect. They're, uh, they're, they're well yeah. back in the plan. They're, they're planning it all, what, putting it together. And now they're going to start to build. What's for free agency next year, North, as well? Yep, they got money. Mm. Uh, beautifully done. All right, uh, we're going to whip through the, the final ones mm. on the other side of this. Uh, Matty Rendell doing us a favour to make sure he sticks around and gives us uh, his gradings from the trade period. So we are all dedicated to trade tonight. A couple of people wanting to throw some other things on the agenda, but this is the SEN Trade Deadline Show for tyre power. Tyre experts you should always trade with. We'll complete our gradings of each team on the other side of this. Uh, we're giving our final gradings. Well, Matt Rendell is on SEN's trade deadline for tyre power. Get a grip on tyre safety and book your free five-minute tyre safety check now. Uh, Sam Hargraves here as well. Your contributions greatly appreciated and sought after. one 736 736 So, Matty, uh, as you give your gradings to Ooh. each team and what they have and haven't done in this trade period. We're up to Port Adelaide. So prelim final last year, they get mm. Finlayson in. They gave away a future third-round selection for him. They get pick 12 and a future third-round pick and give Peter Laddams and a first-round pick, which is 16. So they got 12 and a third round for Peter Laddams and pick 16 to the Sydney Swans. Yeah, I was debating over whether it's a cross or just a, a half a tick on this one mm. because they wanted Laddams out and they wanted their money. So that's a good – And they, and get, they got a – and they pick. get pick 12, which is a great pick to have in this draft. But? Uh, uh, and they get Finlayson in, who I'm not sure is even in their best 22, but he didn't cost them a heap. 
Uh, they're probably it's it's probably I'm going to give them a, a half a tick because they actually got what they wanted to do mm-hmm. done, which was the Laddams one out, hand. increase their draft hand. But and Finlayson's are, are not much of, of much to, to me. What did you have for them on top the, of their shopping list? Uh, another midfielder. Uh, if they could get a classy one, great. Mm. But I've been saying that all year, that the uh, heavy reliance on Boken and Wines, and they were fantastic. And the bloke who jumped up was Drew. But they, they were obviously thinking um, Dersmer and Butters will be better against next year playing in the midfield. So this might be, do they call it organic growth? Uh, growth from within. Mm-hmm. That gets used yep. a lot these days. Yep. I don't know where the organic comes from, but that's anyway, that's what or, Port or, and a few other clubs They've filled the position internally. <coughs> yes. That's the anyway, other one, isn't it? Half a tick, though. Yes, for exactly. A job? Sorry, we've filled mm. that position internally. Uh, th- so Port Adelaide. So what about Richmond? This is fascinating. So yeah. the, the most dominant side of the last... Uh, five years, three out of the last, f- uh, sorry, uh, three out of the last five premierships now that we've uh, had Melbourne win theirs. Uh, they went two in a row, obviously coming into this year. They've got a stacked draft hand uh, that we have a look at. So they come into the draft with... They had a stacked one already. They had a sta- yeah, pick seven. They've <laughs> got pick seven, pick 15, pick 26 uh, and pick 28 as well. The business that they did was uh, they got a end-of-second-round compensation pick for Marby or Chole, who they uh, sent or who went to the Suns as an unrestricted free agent. Uh, they got Robbie Tarrant a third-round pick and a future second-round selection. They uh, sent Callum – well, Callum Coleman-Jones asked for and got a trade to North Melbourne. Uh, they gave two third-round picks, 42 and 47, and a future fourth-round selection uh, for him. So, yeah, they lost two really promising mm. forward ruck uh, prospects – that's but why I gave them a across. Defender. You gave them across. Yeah, well, look, geez, a heavy reliance on Jack Rewald and, and Lynch to play the whole year because they have not got anyone to replace them. Now, mind you, they did win a flag with just Jack Rewald and five um, uh, mosquito fleets running around mm. him. So it, it won't, might not worry him that much. Mm. Um, they bought Tarrant. The, the only thing I'll say is that. Uh, with Tarrant coming in, who might not even be in their best team, with Bolter coming back off his knee, really, they might actually put Bolter forward and play Tarrant back, so Bolter could play forward, which he did in the juniors. So yeah, I, I'm I'm just giving him a bit of flexibility there, but losing, you know, an up and coming key forward who could replace Lynch at 29 next year, Jack's mm. 33, 34, probably in his last year, and. Uh, Chole as well as back up, but also they get Soldo back as well. So across with a bit of trepidation. All right. Uh, that is going to be interesting to see what they do in terms of key forward yeah. for the future. Uh, so St Kilda, so active. Well, this has been their domain almost for the last no, couple of years. Well, they've done all their work in the previous yeah. two years, so they've got to be across. They didn't do anything. They tried to get Jerry pick, in a backup ruck. Just some pick trades. Yeah, they just they, they did nothing. They've done all their work. They're maxed out on their salary cap. Importantly, they there's another with organic growth. They get Patton and Gresham, so crucial to that team, mm-hmm. back in the team uh, next year after missing basically the whole year with injury. You'd expect Brad Crouch to be better. Yes. I've got a theory, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, that players of note that go from one club to another tend to have a much better year in their second year. Well, look, the trouble with St Kilda last year, they weren't fit enough. They've stuffed up their pre-season, mm. is my information. So the way they played the previous year, 
run, gun, hit that ball at the top of the square and use all those little blokes. They had about six, half a dozen mm. of them. They couldn't even get to the contest this year. So somehow they've stuffed up their pre-season. I, it won't happen again. Is that the because person of the who change the, in quarter length? I don't know. The person who did that, Matt Hornsby, lost his job because of it. And I'm not so sure that was completely his fault. So um, they need to fix that up, spend less time on strategy and tactics and get the blokes fit. You'll see a better St Kilda again next year. They should make the eight. Sydney Swans. So went from 16th to 6th this season. They got... Uh, an end-of-second-round compensation pick for George Hewitt. So they got 39, and Hewitt goes as a restricted free agent to Carlton. They got a future first-round pick, which is tied to Melbourne, though. That was the pick they got from Adelaide for Jordan Dawson, which is a big loss. Peter Laddams comes in, and they got pick 16, but they gave pick 12 and a future third-round pick for him. What did you make? Uh, cross for me. Um, Dawson's a bad loss. He, he had a great year for yep. third in their best and first. Hewitt, look... I think they may be thinking Rowbottom can take his place, but he's not as big and as robust or as, as, kick. as Hewitt, yes. And Oh, sorry, as Hewitt. I thought you meant Yeah, Dawson. as Hewitt, sorry, yep. as Hewitt. And um, the jury's Dylan still out. Stevens, too, that they've got. Yeah, they, yeah. Well, they didn't play him this year when yeah, they could have. Um, and the jury's still out on Laddams for me. There's a reason why Port Adelaide got him out mm. when he's played all year for them. So the jury is still out for me on Laddams. I want to see him be more competitive in the ruck when he goes in there. So I'm, I'm going to give him a cross at the moment. Is that right? I, I, they're one of my I'm most. They're one of the teams I'm most excited to watch next oh, year. Oh, no, no, I'm not denoying that. No, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know. I, sort of change, I, just, I just want to watch slightly. him kick the ball. I mean, I want to watch Blakey and Campbell yeah. kick the ball off half-back flags. Absolutely. Oh, Ray, oh, love Brayden Campbell. Is there, have they got any other academy kids that are, are really good coming through this year? Uh, from... not, not this year, but I believe they got a couple next year. I can't remember their names. So yep. there's really only uh, – GWS have got one, I think, a kid called Faye who does kick it really well, another left footer, mm. uh, big body mid. So uh, that'll, be, that'll be interesting again mm. next year, Sydney. I mean, that's an incredible turnaround um, with what they've been able to do, going from the most boring team oh, yeah. in the competition to yeah. – um, to box office, Absolutely. boring to box office in the space of a year. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, and if it wasn't for inaccurate kicking, then yes, who knows what through, they yeah. who knows what they would I think have done. they thought they could have snuck one this year, a, a flag. Really? I think they thought they could have. Is that right? Yeah, and they would have. The, and they by the way, the, the, I mean, Tim Watson they, and Gary they, Lyon. They, this is before they lost Blakey, massive loss, and they lost someone else too. Sydney near the end. So they lost two players they didn't need to lose. Blackie was one of them who uh, was in great form. There was someone else I can't remember off the top of my head. One of the one of the four to centre players? Oh, I get it. We'll, we'll figure it out. But And what I love, Gary and Tim put this on the agenda early this week or last week when they said that, that it really needs to be Isaac Heaney, who was in the same draft as Christian Petrarca. Yeah. He needs to have the Petrarca year. Yeah. This year. And get him in the midfield. His yeah. game in that final. Given, and we yeah. probably don't. We probably don't revel in it. We've we've digressed a little bit, but his game in that final against the Giants had almost mid twenties disposals and kicked yeah. four goals. If they had won that game, we'd be lauding that as one of the great. Yeah, he needs to get in the midfield war, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, West Coast. West Coast. Uh, so they get Petrovsky Seaton and only for, for nothing for pick fifty two. Yeah, they get two ticks for me. At, oh. it, borderline three. I love Petrovsky Seaton. I think this is a great get. He's going to be fantastic for him. Run the lines. Power through that middle. He's a beautiful kick. If he gets something like back to his best, this is a great get for him. 
and nothing done with Jared Brander. Are you expecting him to find a home? Um, as maybe they, they might have to do him a favour and delist him, and then he might be able to yeah, go. Yeah, I think he'll find a home wherever. Whether they t- promise him to, they put him on the rookie list or, or whatever. But Kennedy, um, Josh Kennedy, was that who Sydney lost? It might have been towards yeah. the end of the year. Did, yeah. yeah, he did. Did he yep. do a hammy? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Brett, off the text. Appreciate it. Yeah, a couple of ticks from for me for. West Coast didn't do much. Who other needs than that. a third tall, but who actually wants to play forward, which is what we exactly. think Brandon wants to do. Lots. So who who needs a Brandon? Lots of them. He was a top ten pick. Yeah. Uh, was he? He was in the teens, wasn't he? I thought was he was it? ten. Was he ten? Uh, or double check. Anyway, uh, so two ticks. Uh, I think he's still got his best footy in front of him. I think he deserves a chance, and I'd like to see him play fifteen games in a row at a club, and let's see what he can do. Western Bulldogs to finish up with. So they got a third-round pick, 45. They got a second-round pick, currently 23. A third-rounder at 44. We know why, that all these, because of uh, Sam Darcy. They gave up pick 17 for that same reason and a fourth-round pick at 75. Yeah. Tim O'Brien comes in unrestricted. Uh, they got pick 52 from West Coast because they got that pick getting Lewis Young to Carlton. Mm. Uh, and they got a third-round pick at 43 for Patrick Lipinski, the Eclipse. Uh, apparently that was his nickname, according to Adam Cooney. Uh, so good looking that you can't look directly at him. Uh, <laughs> they give away. They give away. Well, what did you make of the Bulldogs? Oh, I gave him a tick uh, because their sole focus mm. over the whole period was just to get enough points. They had nowhere near enough points to get hold of Darcy if he goes pick two, as we suspect. So their sole focus was to get that done. They got a replacement for Young as well on the way through. So I just give him a tick for filling a hole um, in defence that they might need. And um, they lost a midfielder, but they got a million of them. And they still got McLean and Richards and those blokes who didn't even play, couldn't get in, Crozier. uh, And they got the points for Sam Darcy. So a tick for me. And they extended Mitch Wallace, can you believe? And extended Mitch Wallace. For another year. Oh, well, I love that. That's great. great you You wouldn't do it. I love that. I love Mitch Wallace. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 what I love about Mitch Wallace is if you want to know what Mitch Wallace, who, who he is as a person, go and watch the prelim final win. Watch him walk out onto the ground arm in arm with the bloke that's essentially taken his spot in yeah. Cody Waitman. Yeah. Arm in arm celebrating that win yeah. with a beaming smile across his face for what yeah. his team had been able yeah. to do. Vice captain. Couldn't get a look in. Never, Six ever, games. ever underestimate culture and spirit morale. Yeah. Well, he's, he's so important. He's the epitome he's, of it. Exactly right. Matt Rendell, you are an out-and-out star for every bit of work that you did during this trade period. Uh, you are a must-listen-to voice when it comes to this. You are so big now that you've got a parody Twitter <laughs> account, which is phenomenal. We can only envy that. Um, you've been um, a leviathan of this uh, trade period. Uh, well done, mate. Great job. Thanks very much. It's been it's been really enjoyable. I've loved it. and. Uh, can't wait for the next trade period to come around. Or oh, the draft. Let's go to the draft first. But for those teams that didn't get uh, a great number of ticks, you, you need to get this man in as a consultant. <laughs> uh, you will only be doing yourself a very good favour. Uh, thank you, Matty. No worries. Hey, uh, time to take your calls and texts. So just your thoughts, impressions, hopes, dreams, wishes, whatever it might be. Where do you feel that your club is situated now after this trade period? Uh, it wasn't as eventful. It wasn't as action-packed and high-profile probably as last year's was, but it does have some uh, ramifications and there are plenty of machinations that you can sink your teeth into. one three hundred seven three six seven three six the number. Uh, this is the SEN Trade Deadline for Tyre Power. 
Yeah, look, we were pretty upfront um, in regards and, and with all our players, if anything um, come up that was significant that needed a chat, that we'd be um, open to the conversations um, with the, the player and the clubs and, and that happened. And, and Luke wasn't the only one overall that there, there is talked about with um, contracted players for our club and uncontracted at times as well. But we were pretty open with our um, players all along that if there was anything significant that we think that they should know, um, if there are any approaches from clubs that we'd be open and honest and um, have those conversations overall. So um, really that's where it got to. It happened pretty quick overall in the last 24, 36 hours. But um, I think out of this um, overall with those players, they've, the commitment to the footy club um, is there and the commitment for, from us as a, as a footy club is there as well. So... Um, you know, it's an interesting sort of process that it goes through overall, but I think, um, yeah, we're, it's fantastic that Luke's been able to stay with our footy club. But did you go about it the wrong way, uh, Mark? How, how do you agree to a deal with the GWS Giants yet the player hadn't agreed to it? No, I don't think it actually got to those, that, those points at all. It was um, GWS approaching the management from there and obviously we have initial chats from there on if there was anything significant in any of these deals you go forward. But the main part about this is is the player. And we're going to be open and honest if there's any approaches from there, um, that we just have the open chat from there and, and get their view. But um, really, it sort of doesn't go down to all those sort of details. It's the approach from, from other footy clubs. And if it's significant, we'll have open conversations with the other clubs and the players as well. Mark McKenzie uh, from the Hawthorne Football Club uh, talking to Trade Radio this evening at the culmination of the trade period. And um, a few people on the text uh, wanting to defend the Hawks uh, as well, which certainly understand uh, their reasons why Hawks have come under fire uh, during this trade period. Um, Kane Corns has said that they're a mess at the moment and people have wondered what damage uh, the floating of certain names up for trade will have or what damage that might do with the relationship with new coach Sam Mitchell. Um, Mark on the, uh, Mick on the Gold Coast has said, for me, Hawks are in good shape. Corns can get stuffed. <laughs> Cheers from Mick. Uh, Kane certainly makes some pretty valid points when it comes to what's been happening at Hawthorne and why it's been happening. And, and whilst I don't think the club is a mess, there's certain things that have happened that have been messy and we don't need to go through all of those. But one of the things I reckon is key to point out, and I know that um, Fox Sports have got a story going tonight about the fact that, um, that what's happened might expose Sam Mitchell um, and, and what that might do to the relationships with him and Tom Mitchell, Yago Amira, Jack Gunston, um, Luke Bruce, Chad Wingard all those players wanting to stay. And we heard um, uh, what a glowing endorsement that is of the football club um, from Mark McKenzie, who's the list and recruiting boss at the Hawks. But if any of these players were that upset, then wouldn't they leave? I mean, if they were really, really upset and like, stuff you, Sam, putting up our names. And um, if it was, if it was that upsetting for them, wouldn't, wouldn't they go? I mean, I, th- there might have to be some chats where they say, okay, well, that didn't happen. Uh, thanks for, you know, uh, thanks for putting up with that and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's going to have as big Im- a bigger impact on the relationships as some people uh, would have legit or, or some people might think that it will. I could be naive, but I don't see it as being uh, as disastrous uh, for the relationships between coach and player uh, as others might think that it could be. Um, they all wanted to stay at the end of the day. They all wanted to stay knowing that Sam Mitchell is the coach um, and won't be going anywhere for a foreseeable amount of time. They wouldn't give up on Sam Mitchell too quickly, given that they gave up on Alistair Clarkson 
Um, so he's going to be the coach for what would you think be the rest of their career at Hawthorne? Yeah, I, look, they might do another year and then head off and maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I can't see it being as having as big a fallout as, as others. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Some deals that didn't get done as we finish up uh, trade deadline today uh, for Thai Power. So one of those was Bobby Hill, um, and it looked like it got to um, it did get to a position where Bobby Hill was saying that he did not want to go back. In no uncertain terms, did not want to go back um, to the Giants. That he was a friend of his that apparently, according to Colin Young, that reached out to the Bombers about a month ago. And then conversations started then. Um, Jason McCartney. Sorry, I'm just, i got to laugh. I love it how people can give you a compliment that's also a backhander. Uh, it did make me lose my train of thought. The temper text can do that to you at times. But I love when people give you a compliment that's also a backhander as well. Uh, the old double-edged. Um, what do they call that kind of compliment? A backhanded compliment. That's what it is. I even said it without saying it. Most sense you've made, Sam. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Zero four double three, ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, this was Jason McCartney, um, the the Giants' footy boss, uh, about Bobby Hill. So, Jason, are you disappointed in Colin Young um, in the way this has played out? Then uh, that how late this has come about, the pressure then gets put on you to make this Bobby Hill thing happen when it, in a, in a sense, has come too late and hasn't been for what you need as a football club. Look, it's not ideal when it comes um, halfway through a trade period, but I understand and respect both uh, Colin and Andrew McDougall there at Corporate Sports. They've, they've got a job to do representing their client, which is Bobby Hill in this situation. We also have a job to do, and we're in the business of winning games of football. And it's, uh, it wouldn't be great for us if uh, Bobby Hill's not playing for us uh, next year, especially uh, the way we rate him, uh, quality small forward. Uh, we think the, uh, he's got a really bright future. He showed some really good signs this year. And like I said before, we're, uh, we're light on there. And uh, the green factor weighs heavily into this as well. So, Jason, are you disappointed in Colin Young? Oh, it's on repeat. Uh, but that was from AFL Trade Radio uh, via their Twitter account. Uh, GM of footy at uh, the GWS Giants, Jason McCartney, about Bobby Hill. So that uh, was a deal um, that was making headlines today that didn't get done. And now Bobby Hill, uh, who still has a contract at the Giants, will, will need to head back there and and see out that contract. But you could expect him to be on the move again when this time comes around next year. And what a time it has been. Certainly didn't reach the heights of maybe what the last couple of trade periods have. But luckily, we've got people like Matt Rendell and Steve Silvani and all the experts uh, who were able to explain to us why and what the salary cap squeeze has done and what list spot squeeze has done and why these uh, this period has been a bit a little bit quieter than most. And we've still got draft to come next month. There's delisted, uh, there's delisted free agency period as well. So there's still plenty of opportunities for clubs uh, to make their move when it comes to their list. Hey, thanks for all your calls, all your texts. Have a great night. Stay safe. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.